Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That's the number for you to call in to get on the air with us and bring up whatever's on your mind, talk about what we're talking about or bring up something new. It doesn't matter. It's Free Talk Live, and that number is 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Mark. And a lot of you probably know that this past Monday, Ian Freeman had his sentencing date. And in case a lot of you didn't uh, watch the news about it or anything, we just wanted to update you. Basically, what happened was it got postponed again. Everybody went, about 100 people went, and um, it was great that there were that many supporters. So I really yeah, we had thank- uh, two courtrooms packed. Yep, and there was at least 40 people in the first pa- courtroom uh, based on one count, and that w- room wasn't even allowed to be packed as much as the second one. The second one had, there had to be over 100 people if there were 40 people in the first cu- yeah. uh, courtroom. I was, I was in the second room and every single seat was filled then it was definitely more because just one side of the room constituted 40 people in the main courtroom i was in so i do want to thank the free staters for showing up that was a really great showing and i think that it definitely has to have some kind of an impact on the judge i wonder if it is uh common for the prosecution's uh, fanboys to sit on the right-hand side, where the prosecution generally is, and for the defense's fanboys to sit on the left-hand side, where the defense usually is. It must be. And um, I I don't know, but that's certainly what happened. I think it has to be common because the prosecution is there before us and they fill up that side. It's like they're just getting like anyone in... You're an intern, just come watch the thing. So it looks, we can't have that many supporters in this, which is dumb because it's not like the judge doesn't know that there's overfill room. He knew yeah. the whole the whole trial. Yeah, I don't know what um, the judge knows and what he doesn't, but uh, they're, you know, they, the, the overflow room was so full they had, that we had people sitting in the jury box of the overflow mm-hmm. um, courtroom. It was full, full. Uh, I don't know. We had close to 100 people. In one room. Uh, no, uh, no point where there, there was all definitely more than 100 people. Like if you're what you're saying is true, both sides and the jury box was full in that room. And there was 40 people in one side of the other courtroom. There had to be more than 100 people. And, and plus just the people I saw, yeah. I had to have seen more than 100 people that day. There were also some people outside, too, mm-hmm. that didn't come in for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so do you want to read the story that oh, you sure. have? Oh, sure. I'll read the story. Um, that way we can comment on it. It gives us uh, some foil off of which to work. It's a little hard for me to like remember every little detail that happened because it's just like well, We could give our opinions, place. but they wouldn't be in chronological order, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like it's hard for me to even understand what's going on in these court cases yeah. just because like that's not really what my area of expertise is. So I sit there half the time and I'm like, what are they talking about? It's like, made I of can, nonsense. Yeah. Like I can get the gist of what's going on like i know the verdict but i don't right it would be this would have been torture for you because there were i think three or four potentially four points that were made and there's this obscure minutia look i i dismissed the charges but that doesn't mean that the testimony would not be have uh, been present and like there were some like very and you're like why you know, like you, you dismiss some charges, but and then he goes on to explain it. But it, you got to kind of know it's lawyers talking to lawyers and they use lawyer in uh, uh, shorthand. I'm always trying to remember that Ian's lawyers are like a few steps ahead of me. Like they're, you know, focused on what they're going to do for probably appeals more than sure. changing the outcome of the day we're on. They're already ahead yeah. of that. So 
and you want the best uh, result. I mean, obviously, I'm not flying in from uh, Central America so that I oh, yeah. can see terrible things happen to my, uh, I guess you were my best friend. Nevada. We also had a listener fly in from Nevada, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it counts whether me coming halfway across the state or it counts for me coming from Central America, but I'm not trying to outdo anybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming, uh, the uh, good good folks from Carson City. So, um, sentencing delayed for NH man convicted of running unlicensed Bitcoin business. This is by Holly Raymer. Not to be confused with Holly Rammer, which is definitely a porn name. Oh, is this? <laughs> that sounds like a porn name. <laughs> is this? Or sorry, which... Um, News thing is this. This is off of 10 Boston at NBCBoston.com. Byline, federal prosecutors push to make restitution part of Ian Freeman's sentence for operating unlicensed Bitcoin exchange. All that stuff is pretty fair, wouldn't you say? Like, you know, NH man, unlicensed Bitcoin exchange, you know, that kind of thing. That's I'd say that that's sort of what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's a decent summary. A federal judge on Monday heard from multiple women who said they were victimized by a New Hampshire man's unlicensed Bitcoin exchange business, but postponed a sentencing hearing in the case to evaluate whether restitution is appropriate. Three. Three women spoke. Yep. Um, It's more than one. Yeah. Multiple makes it seem like a little bit more. If you multiply. If you multiply three by one, you get to three. Technically, it's true, but... Language is, you know, there you can do various things with language yep. and, you know, produce different feelings and effects. And I obviously know that they weren't victimized by Ian, but that sentence makes it sound like it like they were. But that is what they claimed. So well, it's all correct so far. Right. And that's the thing is, is that I like what they said in here about the unlicensed Bitcoin exchange business. Right. Like we were victimized by this because that is at the very least accurate. The fact that he ran an unlicensed uh, Bitcoin business is true. I don't think that Ian would say that. Um, whether he's licensed or not. He didn't have a license because he didn't run a money transmitting business. OK. Um, Bitcoin exchange is not a money transmitting business. Anyway, so he didn't do Bitcoin uh, exchanging. In, in regards to the woman, the women being victimized by the Bitcoin exchange business, I kind of... I guess I agree with that, but they would have been victimized either way. Like right. these scammers would have scammed these women either way, whether Ian exists or not. I don't agree if with Ian, that because he did exactly what they asked him to and what they begged him to do. Like, yes, but that doesn't mean they weren't victimized. They were victimized by the scammer only. Sure. They weren't victimized yeah. they, by going and buying a gift like, card. I've got lots they were victimized say, by Walmart got if they got say, a gift I, card. I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just trying to get you know like people to understand what happened. Well, and first. I'm trying to explain accurately what happened. Okay, so these old biddies called in and lied their asses off at the behest of their Romeos who, um, you know, didn't exist. Or, like, that's one thing that happened, but also they, once they realized that they had done something wrong, they started doing it on the behest of scammers they knew were scammers. That was the case with that. one of them, but I don't think that was the lady, one of the ladies that we heard from. That We, we did hear from a woman who did that at, in trial. I don't but think I don't, she brought it up from this... In this hearing, but it did happen to one of them. That's one of the ones that were present. Yeah, they just didn't bring it up because it wouldn't make them look good and Ian look bad. I remember that being brought up at the sentencing, but I didn't. I I don't remember which woman that was. Here's I'll take your word for it. Here's what I the problem I have is if the federal prosecutors took these old women out on uh, walking down the streets of New York, and they said, "All right, we've got a person. I don't like that guy there." 
Would you like us to go after him to see if we can get some restitution for you and your bad decisions regarding Romeo? They'd be like, yeah. I don't know what they would be like, but this is kind of what happened here. All signs point to they'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in, in the case of the lady that told multiple lies... They all did. They all told lies, whether it was for somebody that they believed was a handsome man that was interested in an old lady, or if it was for someone that they already had found out was a scammer, but they were afraid of getting in trouble, so they're just doing You know things. what I think happened? I I don't think that these women are intentionally lying and like trying to ruin, ruin Ian's life or anything. I think the prosecution or whoever talked to them and got them to testify, I think they fed them so many lies and constructed this entire elaborate story, you know, putting sure. Ian as the victim because, okay, well, this is, we don't know, we don't know who, um, yes, yeah, excuse me, um, we don't know who Romeo is. So, but we, we have this guy, so like maybe we can get some money out of this guy or, or you can feel like some sort of justice was served for, you know, what happened to you. So I think they, cause those women, I mean, they seemed like really convinced. They didn't seem like they were just lying. They seemed like someone told them like some really good story to make them truly believe that this was, he (laughs) knew, and this is the right thing to do. Right, and that's the thing about this is that these ladies, um, they would have found anybody on localbitcoins.com to do this job. Absolutely. And let's, let's make this clear. These ladies sought Ian out. They looked for him, not vice versa. He didn't go out looking for little old ladies who might need Bitcoin. He was on a site selling Bitcoin with dozens of other people, if not hundreds of other people, with really great feedback on that site because he did what people asked, which was sell them Bitcoin. He would ask them questions. He'd make sure that uh, he'd have them hold up their ID. You know, all these ladies held up their ID and did all kinds of things. I mean, if they wanted to go for anyone else, like they would have had to, they would, they would have given them the money too because Ian got... Um, the Bitcoin too, because the other people who have bought from Ian who were unhappy, the less than 1% that were unhappy in his reviews were, were complaining that he uh, did too much, made them go jump through too many ho- hoops, like to prove who they were, that they really wanted to buy Bitcoin. So if they would have went through any other local Bitcoin sellers, they definitely would have gotten their money sent uh, to them. Right. And they're that's- more li- likely of a chance to be helped via Ian than probably anyone else on local Bitcoins. And so that was very frustrating to sit through is listening to these ladies say things like Ian is a terrible, horrible person. Without a soul. It was so terrible. Like I I wanted to cry. I wanted to pull like I wanted to start screaming because it was just so it was just so frustrating. And like I know how I would feel if somebody was saying that to me. So like I couldn't imagine being in his position having to listen to these ladies just like you don't have to worry about Ian. He's just like oh I forgive them, but I'm like, I I'm so annoyed. sensitive. So like, I'm like sitting there like, oh my God, like, you know, it just, it really, I mean, it hurt my feelings. Right. But, so, you, you know, know. Uh, he gives them what they want. He gives them what they're willing to lie to get. And then Multiple times he's got to go, he, then he's got to pay them back for everything that they lost, according to the prosecution, not just the, the amount that he made, but everything that they lost. And then he's got to go to prison for 20 years is what the prosecution is asking for. And what really And what the old ladies me, are asking for. What what really bothers me about this is I sat here on multiple occasions and I listened to Ian myself with my ears in this studio and out on that front porch. And I heard him say, 
well, do you have you ever met your husband? Um, you know, do you know what a romance scam is? You know, in many cases, if you haven't met the person and, you know, they're asking, they're, they're telling you a lie. You know, like they'll, he, he would say all kinds of stuff. He stopped multiple people from getting Bitcoin because they answered his questions with some level of veracity. These ladies slipped the net like so many did. And then somehow he's responsible for the lies they told him. Yep. That's what's frustrating to me is, is mm-hmm. that it's as if a person, a, 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 a woman turns 60 or 70 years old and suddenly everything that comes out of her mouth is the, is the, the gospel truth. It isn't. Yeah. This, I watched it happen. Like Maybe Ian put on a show for me while I was here. That's, that's certainly possible. But I've known this guy for 20 years. I know what his relationship with the truth is. And it is impeccable. It's among the best I've ever met from a human being. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've sat on the opposite side of this microphone and argued with Ian for 20 years. That was my job. He is my adversary. <laughs> And, you know, just to hear these people saying things that do not conform with my belief of how the world is working, very frustrating. The only really good things I can say about these women are that, one, they really were scammed, not by Ian. So I do feel bad for them, and that sucks and everything. It sucks. And the other thing I can say is it sucks that they have to relive trauma in the courtroom in front of everybody and talk about how, oh, I was turned on by these old men in front of a bunch of people. It's not something old ladies want to talk about. Um because the prosecution wants to use them. Do you yeah. know what I said? Speaking of those duplicitous snakes, by the way, they're going to use one clip of something that we've said in this 20, 25 minutes. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, you know, <laughs> 30 seconds of it. And uh, just want to say, screw you liars before we go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was going to say is in the middle of the the sentencing, I turned to Matt and I literally said, you're my husband. I live with you. I know you in person. I would never send you three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd buy a house with you. You know, maybe I'd in, uh, invest in things with you. I would never, ever, ever buy three hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin, a million dollars in Bitcoin, whatever, and give it to you. Never. And I know you in person. I, I see your your flesh and blood here. I, I trust you. I married you, and I would never do that. And so, while we're talking about gullibility for a second, I gotta go through one of these stories just briefly to talk about that level of gullibility. Yeah, like. Imagine for a second that you're so in love that you believe that this handsome man that's working on an oil rig, um, that hit, well, somebody on his crew has broken a piece of equipment on a Shell oil rig, Derek, and you, now before you guys get paid the $2 million you're going to get paid, you've got to send in $200,000 to fix a piece of equipment that got broken. Remember, this is a multinational corporation. These people are yeah. unionized, like all kinds of weird, th- like you, like what you have to believe. And now you're not just a gullible hillbilly woman right. with $300,000. Exactly, $1, I wanted to point that out. You are a uh, you know former financial advisor. Yeah, educated. You're, you've got a pilot's license. You are, you're something else. And- like now, now she I'm even, to believe I'm to believe that it's acceptable that she's upset that she's been uh, tricked. But I'm also to believe that it's acceptable that Ian didn't get tricked and he's responsible for all this. I was going to say the other thing I wanted to say was whenever she was being questioned by Sissy, she got extremely defensive and angry when uh, 
he was questioning about her being a financial advisor. She was like, I was a very good financial advisor. I was the best. I'm the only person that should be uh, controlling my money. And it was like, oh, so you're really responsible with money and you know what you were doing? Maybe you're just a liar. I don't know. Well, obviously. I mean, I, I obviously don't know her, but anybody can be ridiculous. tricked. It's just that. Yeah, I've been scammed before. Not for like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but, but, but still. Because you, you don't have it, and neither do I, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but like the thing is, is that it's okay. Like anybody can be tricked, but that means Ian can be tricked too. Hmm. And Ian was tricked. These scammers, he didn't, he didn't believe that any of these people were involved with scammers. And every time he found a scammer, he kicked those people out right. of his little circle. But, and worked with police, which he uh, is famous for not liking, right. uh, to help people get their money back. I mean, we all know this isn't about scammers. This isn't it's about so. little old ladies. Like, that is not what this case is about. I What's mean, that's what that's what they're saying it's about, but they don't like, you know, the the prosecution or the government, the state, whoever, doesn't like Ian. He runs this radio show um, that is extremely critical of everything that they are. Yep. And that is the real reason they have been looking for any reason to bring him down. That's I, really what this is about. It, I it isn't that. about and selling Bitcoin. Yeah. Like it, it's about I, I think it's more about Bitcoin and about Ian than it is about like any victim or scammers or anything. Let me um, you know make a few arguments in the direction you're saying. So there's this guy, uh, Phil Christiana, who is a special agent in the Boston office. And Ian and other free staters have gone after Phil. Phil sent um, multiple people into free state events trying to buy guns and drugs and things like that. And, you know, Ian's kind of gone back after him, asked him some hard questions. And he stood there with a big smirk on his face, you know, thinking, I'm going to come after you later. Yep. And he did. And he's been successful. Yeah, you know, Ian also, congratulations, Phil. Ian also filmed him at Nobody, formerly Rich Paul's trial, lying like he Provably was lying because there were two separate things that he said that contradicted each other. And, of course, he doesn't get perjury because he's the FBI agent. Sure. And, uh, you know, anybody could make a mistake. But when you make a mistake regarding somebody's freedom, that's a very serious thing. And it needs to be brought up and people need to be held accountable. You need to believe when you're sitting on the, the bench and police officers do not believe this. You need to believe when you're sitting on that bench that something bad could happen to you if you lie. And. Um, anyway, going on with this, I also had a situation where a listener was attempt had made all kinds of terrible uh, threats against me and my family. Remember, I have a seven year old boy, and um, that boy's grown up knowing that somebody was trying to kill him because he found me looking at a file while I was talking to the police one time. He came into my mm-hmm. office, and um, the the FBI office. I know it was the FBI office that stopped it. Now, I can't say it was Phil Christiana, but I know that they don't care about whether or not me, me and my son are killed, and uh, but they do care very deeply about pinning uh, fallacious charges on Ian. But you know that Phil Christiana was the first like lead investigator in this, right? In Ian's Crypto 6 thing. I don't think we said that. Yeah. Um, so it's not just like we're like, well, what if this was connected? No, it was connected. Yeah, we've got some connections to it. Anyway, let me go on here. Um Prosecutors say that Ian Freeman, a libertarian activist and radio show host, created a uh, they'll never say free talk live. (laughs) (laughs) No, no newspaper will write the words free talk live or free talk live dot com created a business that catered to fraudsters who targeted elderly women with romance scams, serving as the final step in permanently separating the victims from their money. Now, 
let's point out that there were tellers at banks yep. that allowed these women to send their money. Mm-hmm. No tellers are on trial here. Um, Target and Walmart sell money, uh, little money credit card things where and these victim, not, scammers will use those. Maybe not these three victims specifically. I'm not saying that they didn't, but they possibly did. Um, there were multiple of the people that they brought in for the trial who were scammed that said, oh, I also did. Like before I ended up at Ian, I also was doing uh money transmission at Walmart or like Target gift cards and stuff like that. And ladies and gentlemen. The IRS is not demanding Walmart gift cards from you. The IRS doesn't want Bitcoin from you. There is no company anywhere, no multinational company anywhere that is going to try to get anything from you that has to do with cryptocurrency. If you're giving out cryptocurrency, if you're giving out Walmart gift cards... You're not paying an IRS fine. No, you are being scammed. End of story. It has a thing to do with... Being old either, because a girl one year older than me that I went to high school with who is not completely stupid, she two years ago, I found out from my sister, she lives in Texas, got scammed because she got called one day and they were like, this is the IRS, you uh, didn't pay this much money. So she went and bought $2,000 of Target gift cards. I just can't imagine, I couldn't even imagine that girl thinking that, but fear just took over. She was like, oh my God, I don't want to be in trouble. I'm like, uh, you know... Don't have that much money, but I'll give it give you the two thousand dollars. Also, worse. the IRS is not calling you on the phone. Like they're gonna mm, send a letters. letter. The, the IRS isn't using anyone. an Indian accent no. to call you on the and phone. That's and they're for probably sure. not asking for Target gift cards. But um, or but the I get, FBI. They I get certainly what you're aren't. saying though. <laughs> I get what you're saying though, Bonnie. Like fear takes over, and it's like. Oh my gosh, like I have to do something about this. Like you're I'm going to go to jail or you know I'm in trouble with the IRS. Like people get scared and it's not impossible to get scammed. Yep, and you don't have to no, be 6 years old. Being 6 years old doesn't make them more likely. I'm not saying it doesn't make them maybe more likely, but not by a whole lot. This girl was a year older than me. I'm 27. What do you think? Uh if you want to talk about anything that happened in this Monday, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 
603-283-6160 is the number to call in to talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Mark. And I'm just going to go straight to the phones because we have some callers. We have David from Arizona. What's on your mind? Yeah. Hi, uh, Bonnie, Nikki, and Mark. Um, Yeah, my wife, uh, Karen, and I are planning to come out on Ian's next sentencing date, coming out from uh, September 28th to October 4th. So looking forward to seeing all you guys. We've never been to New England before. And Ian was mentioning to me it's a nice time of year with the leaves and all that. Sure is. That's not why we're coming. (laughs) But I'm I'm not going to break Mark's record for distance traveled to come out there, but <laughs> it, it, it's going to be fun to go out there. You and you know, this time though, you'll beat me out because I'll be traveling in from uh, Florida. Florida at that time. So um, you'll, you'll be a longer distance at that point. Either way, oh, okay. we really appreciate it. Any callers who come in, come in to just witness this stuff is great. It makes an impact on the judge, I believe. And um, it's just really heart heartwarming and, you know and maybe it's not appropriate to talk about strategy at this point and maybe the judge has his mind all made up i don't know but i wondered if uh the defense had considered like putting on an expert witness in you know in, like to talk about money laundering issues and about innocent third parties like i'd done a lot of investigations like that when i worked with the feds of returning uh vehicles and assets and money to innocent third parties like you know a, a rental car gets wrapped up in a drug deal and then they claim the vehicle back or, you know, like when somebody takes money into the post office and converts it to a postal money order because some drug dealer asked for that. They don't go after the the, uh, postal employee for converting cash into a money order or something like that. But it's just it's just ludicrous to me that, uh, you know, somebody who's just you know, selling a product, you know, that they, and they're not involved in a scam and they're definitely an innocent third party. And there are procedures in the federal government to investigate, to, you know, to sever off innocent third parties that get wrapped up in, you know, transactions involving illegal income. You know, like if one of my kids was kidnapped and then, you know, I I paid ransom and then that money was used to buy something else, you know, and that other person didn't, didn't know that it was, you know, uh, you know, related to illegal activity or a scam. There's, it's commonplace for third parties to be let off the hook and mm-hmm. to not be drug into these things. So to me, it's off, it's some sort of vendetta or something. Right. But, and and I think it probably wouldn't be appropriate to talk like this on the air about like well, strategy for y- those type of things. I'm interested because you've actually, you're not just thinking, you didn't just Google this. You have actual experience in law enforcement so i'm just wondering is it do you know is it something that could be done like just oh it's sentencing now we're going to bring in a witness well that's what the prosecution did oh no but an expert witness a lot of times these are brought in during a trial but also in the sentencing phase as well and what Hmm. you do is there's a procedure to get a witness qualified as an expert witness it involves questions to say have you done these type of investigations before are you familiar with procedures involving uh say you know money laundering or or you know innocent third parties that are caught up in scams or illegal activity and then 
you know, after you verify the person has that kind of expertise, there's a motion made to declare them as an expert witness. And then that person is allowed to testify basically their opinions and their prior experiences that, that aren't necessarily directly related to the case at hand, but they, they can testify as to their expertise mm -hmm. on these type of things. So, I mean, that kind of thing is done. And like you said, the prosecution does those type of things, you know, dragging people in that are, you know, unrelated to the case at hand. But yeah, I mean, that, that is a common procedure in, in federal trials and in federal sentencing to designate somebody as an expert witness, and then they can speak from their experience uh, as far as like innocent third parties and, and those type of things. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that would be very useful. And we'll pass that word on. Okay. And uh, it's great listening to the show. And I'm glad you're there, Mark. I remember the old days calling in when you were there more often, but uh, I'll give it back to you guys and go back to listening. Uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you for your call. Okay. Uh, we also have, oops, sorry. We also have Riley on the phone. Um, I was about to say Riley in Utah, but in New Hampshire. Yeah, Riley in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's right. I'm in New Hampshire now. So I wanted to give my two cents or whatever on Ian's trial, and I, and, and the witnesses especially, the the women who supposedly got hurt by Ian, it was just interesting to hear them read their statements, but they had no emotion. They didn't mm. express, they didn't emote the way I would expect someone who had been through everything they'd been through to emote. They didn't shed any tears. They, I mean, maybe they worked through all these things and were told, hey, you know, just read your statements, take some deep breaths, you're going to be fine. But still, I would I would have expected some emotion while they were reading their statements. They so, would have had some uh, tears or something. What does this say to you? Does are you wondering out loud about maybe these were written for them, or are you wondering out loud about um, maybe these are not so truthful statements? What What does it make you think, Riley? So it makes me think that. There, there are a couple possibilities. The first is they're entirely scripted. These are people they just dragged in off the street and said, here, read these for us. We want you to pretend to be these, these people. Or the other possibility, and this is the most likely one, is these people have experienced this. However, they, the, the federal government, the feds want to make Ian look like a horrible person. So they're bringing these people in. They're, they're giving them, they're, they're talking about their scams or whatever. They're, prepa they're preparing their written statements. They're being groomed or prepared to testify in court. They're going over their statement a few times, maybe reading it a few times. And then they're like, oh, well, we've got to add Ian Freeman in here because he's obviously a dangerous criminal. And so they had to add Ian Freeman as the fall guy to, who, who gave them Bitcoin, essentially, to continue the romance scam instead of, wait a minute, it's not Ian Freeman who's at fault here. It's the romance scammers. And I didn't hear anyone go after the romance scammers. I don't know of anybody who's going after these romance scammers. Oh, they're not. I don't um, know. The, the, I mean, the prosecution is powerless to find these people. <clears throat> and Even the FBI agent whose job was to find these people <clears throat> admitted in trial that, oh, she's never caught one. Ian's address has been on the Internet for a decade. Finding Ian isn't that hard. And that's why they were able to do it. And um, this is the only person that this uh, that the the scam expert lady from the FBI said she has ever caught. And it isn't even a real scammer. Right. I mean, so clearly like, she's not right. very good at her job. Right. I like to liken it to this. 
a gun store sells uh, guns, and for whatever reason, criminals target this particular gun store. Maybe it's in the corner in a bad neighborhood. I don't know, but they target this particular gun store. And several people with go in and buy guns. They use the guns to do bad things. The fibbies can't do the the police can't do anything about the people who are using the guns because they disappear into the night and yep. they can't do anything. But they know where the gun store is because it's a bricks and mortar shop. So they go in, they arrest the uh, the owner, which this has been done in the past. Yep. And th- this is why I thought this case was going to get thrown out. This has been done in the past, and the gun store owner's off the hook. But the difference is. Ian didn't have a federal license. Ian refused to get the federal license. Now, he may have done everything that there was to do once you had a federal license, but he didn't get the license. And that's what really means meaningful to these people because they're government bureaucrats. A license is when the government steals your rights away from you. And you have the right, ladies and gentlemen, to buy and sell Bitcoin. You were born with that right. It wasn't issued by the government. They didn't have any ability (laughs) to just create laws regarding who can buy and sell it, but they do do that because they have the ability to back it up with a gun. Right. A license is when the government steals your right away and then sells it back to you. Yep. And that's it. The thing, the thing I want to, the other thing I want to mention too is the last lady who zoomed into the conference, she really had it out for Ian. She said that she wanted to make him suffer. And to me, there was no, oh yeah, there's, there's no empathy in her voice for what Bonnie was going to go through. Yeah, of in, course not. In making Ian suffer. And they, she really sounded like she was vindictive and angry toward Ian, when in reality, she should have been a ma- more angry at the romance camera, not well, Ian. Because Ian didn't enable the scam. Yeah. I think that this is, and, and, you know, in all likelihood, I don't know which one, which lady's which, and, um, you know, Bonnie's better at this than I am. They all just kind of uh, blended one <clears throat> to the other to me. But in all likelihood, she told a series of lies in order to get Ian to sell her those coins in the first place. Um, now, you know, again, I don't know who's well, who. Well, they all did, because he at the very least asked them, are you buying this for yourself and you want to make this purchase, or are you buying this on your own volition if it's for a third party and he knew it was for a third party? Because he allowed some third party ones if they were good. Well, okay, he didn't allow them if they were in uh, third parties unless they were already good customers, then he started letting them buy it. So yep. at one point, he had to have asked them, did you want to buy this? You really want to buy this? You're investing in Bitcoin. It's not for some third party. And they said yes. So, yeah, they all lied. There you go. And that's what no one's pointing out is these people had to lie for the romance scammers in order for this transaction to go through, in order for you to be like, okay, I'll, I'll send, I'll give you the money. I'll give you the $300,000 worth of Bitcoin or whatever it was. That's the truth. And the, the other thing about uh, what you brought up was, yes, one woman zoomed in and i don't think that that's right i think that if you really want to be a witness uh for a sentencing or a trial you need to be able to get there physically sorry like she got to zoom in and sit in a house she also said i have nothing now thanks to ian freeman and she was sitting in a nice house and zooming in (laughs) on an electronic she was not a homeless woman i I know free staters have more nothing than her well, and I, I think like what Riley was saying about how there was no really like emotion when they were reading these letters. I think, you know, that's an important point because they're claiming like my life has been destroyed. Like they're making like really, really heavy claims. But Ruined. yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't a huge amount 
of emotion and there were a lot of like trigger words used. I think somebody counted the last lady used elderly Suffer. and vulnerable yeah. like eight different times. So they're like continuously like using those trigger words like to, yeah. you know, trigger emotions in other people. And it was the same thing during the cent- or during the trial, you know, to kind of convey that to the jury. Like they really laid it on thick. Yeah, I think that that um, just in the same vein as hate crimes, does it really matter who the victim is? If they managed, if Ian did a bad thing, whatever that thing is, and he did it to a 30-year-old man, does that 30-year-old man deserve that evil thing that happened to him more than a 75-year-old woman? Well, when you're talking to um, these people who are... Just only emotional and can't think logically. I right. guess that it, I that call is the them case. fools. Yeah, these people who are end up in the jury system most likely. Well, and a lot of people do feel that way, and they might not admit it. They might, you know, say no. Well, of course, like no one deserves bad things to happen to them. But truthfully, like when you see something bad happen to a little old lady or like a child, a lot of people feel worse than if it happened to some, like Mark said, you know, like thirty year old white guy. He's you know just oh this average guy. People care less. They're like, oh, well, you should have known. Oh, well, you know, you already have all of this privilege, so whatever. And that's the thing. Nobody cares that Ian was also Justice being scammed. Justice is supposed to be blind. There was literally a statue of a blind, of a woman tying yeah. a uh, you know a, a blindfold on her face with a sword nearby. Yeah, and that's Justice a bad thing, actually. Justice is blind, and victim these victim uh, vulnerable victim laws are BS. Well, because of that creepy statue in the federal courthouse you're referencing, I looked up why do they have justice is blind statues everywhere i looked it up apparently there used to just be justicia i think the goddess of justice and she wasn't blindfolded and she'd be out in front of like big court buildings and things like that and in like alexandria in egypt at a point where their Mm. government was becoming really tyrannical and the court systems really messed up somebody went and tied a blindfold on it to say that justice the justice god wasn't looking at them and now they just continue having it blindfolded it seems like a bad sign to me yeah that's some weird symbolism i did not know that was the history of that because you think of it oh justice is blind that sounds like a good thing right it's like not non-discriminatory that's what it sounds like but based on that like historical context seems really bad to me well yeah thank you riley also thank you for letting me hold your hand during the proceedings and cut off the circulation in your hand (laughs) all right thank you for your call do we have more from this story about ian's absolutely trial or uh sentencing date going on from nbcboston.com after a two-week trial he was convicted of eight charges in december though his conviction on money uh, on a money laundering charge was later overturned he was scheduled to be sentenced on the remaining charges, which include operating an unlicensed money transmission business and conspiracy to commit money laundering on Monday. But the hearing was delayed until next month. U.S. District Court Judge Joseph LaPlante, whom, you know, I, I hate to keep on belaboring the point, but I really think this guy's drying his very best to be fair, said the delay was necessary to give Ian Freeman's attorney a chance to object to the prosecutor's prosecution's push to make restitution part of the sentence. Prosecutors also argue that he should get a harsher sentence because victims, many of them elderly, were particularly vulnerable. But you know what As if confuses a me sentence about that? is going to do anything like 
like I can get it if this was if this statement actually allows uh, Ian to give money to the women, which I would prefer. Like, please, I would much rather give money to these ladies that were scammed than I would to give the, to the United States federal government, which will simply use the money to drop million dollar bombs on ten dollar tents and ruin more families. But the confusing aspect of this to me is. They need to prove that the victims were particularly vulnerable in order to get more restitution. But doesn't there have to be victims? Because the um, the pre-sentencing report written by the, what is it called, probation? Yep. They Said didn't was- determine that they weren't particularly vulnerable. They determined they weren't victims of Ian. So right. why is the judge considering this at all? I don't understand. Right. And, and also, there was this two-week trial that was referred to. That two-week trial was held in such a way that... Ian was believed, the defense believed, that there were no victims. Mm-hmm. And even though these people were testifying, they would not to be considered victims. Yeah. And now, here at the sentencing, they're victims. Yeah, and yeah the prosecution and I think the judge as well both were calling them victims. You know, I, I think at one point, they one of the vulnerable attorney- victim. Well, right? at Aria's yeah. sentencing, he already said that the stuff wouldn't happen to them unless she let it happen to them. That is wrong. That is wrong. Because it would have absolutely if, happened. If Aria to them. wasn't involved, somebody else would have done it. Absolutely. Like, this judge hasn't used that website. If that's what he said, or, or well, did you or say that looked into the, the prosecutor website. or the, the judge? judge? Yeah, the, the prosecutor did, doesn't understand how this worked. This is the equivalent of taking a small-time drug dealer off the corner. Um, he will simply be replaced in a matter of hours. Yep. Well, even like in regards to Bitcoin, even if Bitcoin didn't exist, these ladies would still be getting scammed. Yep. Like, they, there is always a means to scam somebody. You I know? wonder to myself, Bitcoin does, it seems, allow people to be scammed at a higher level yeah, could than, be. Um, like, for instance, Target. If you're going to Target and getting a bunch of uh, cards. Just I mean, takes more work. And also, it's not going to, you're not going to have the opportunity to possibly get it back, like, if you use the banking system. But I don't think it's like, I think it's only more common because of those two things. Not because. It's worse in any way. It's I don't just think it's a tool. worse. I think it just allows people to do more money at once. You know, like, yeah. You know, I've sent large yeah, Bitcoin transactions. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Going on with the story. While the issue of whether those who sent money to Freeman should be considered victims remains unsettled, two of them read letters in court Monday and a third participated uh, by video remotely. Karen Miller of Florida described herself as a lonely widow who got scammed by a man she met on a dating site. At his instructions, she sent $300,000 to Freeman, wiping out her, her entire life savings. Another woman, Rebecca Vare, told, told a similar story of taking out three loans and selling her late husband's truck to send money to the man who duped her. And one of the things she was upset about losing her money was, I don't even know if I'll be able to paint my tra- tractor now. And she was wearing like extravagant clothing and a huge shiny unicorn brooch. It's like, you don't really look destitute to me. Well, I don't, I mean, they, they got ripped off and it's, it sucks. Yeah, but it sucks. And that's I'm just all saying, I'm She wants Ian to quote suffer because she can't paint her tractor. Not because her children got killed because of him or I something think that like more that. Res- the, the more responsible way to say this is look, she made the mistakes that resulted in the bad things that happened to her. My grandma's older than her and has never been scammed. Well, and you think they're just not trying with my grandma? Like, I just think that you don't automatically get scammed every day when you turn 60 years well, old. I think also, like, with these romance scams, like, they really, you know, like, these men are, or whoever they are, it could be a woman scamming these people, I don't know. 
They're well rehearsed. They're saying the same things to all these women. So they have like all the poetry. They know how to like really, you know, like embed themselves in these women and well, the- make them believe that they are truly in love. Well, I have three it- grandmas and one is a is a widow and she still hasn't been scammed by something like this. Well, here's what I would say regarding this is that it seems very much to me like the prosecution has given them, if not entire letters, talking points. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, say that you've you, you, you've suffered, say that you're, you know, old lady, say this, they, that and the other. And, uh, you know, like I have been given multiple instances where people ask me to write back things for the back of their books. People that um, ask me to write recommendation letters, people that ask me to write all kinds of different things for different stuff. And, uh, you know, in some cases they'll have me write it. In which case I ask them, how much am I being offered? (laughs) In other cases, they'll ask me to look at what they've written and uh, whether I agree with it or not. And sometimes I'll go through and, you know, give it a little polish or whatever. But it's a heck of a lot easier when somebody writes something for me. And, yeah, if I've read the book, I'll say I've read the book. If I haven't read the book, I won't say I've read the book. I know that they were giving. I mean, I don't know, but I highly, highly suspect that they were given at least talking points because you guys may have not read them, but they're publicly available. And um, these aren't the these are the exact public statements that they already submitted to the judge. And now they're made public online on Pacer. And there were more than just these three ladies. There were other, um, quote unquote, elderly victims uh, who put in things, and they all were saying very similar things over and over again. Yeah. I want Ian to suffer. How many 60-plus-year-old women do you know that would say, I want that man to suffer? I just don't think it's very common. I'm a Christian, and my church is the only thing that's helping me get through this, but I want Ian Freeman to suffer. Who? How many old Christian ladies from the South say things like that? Like, I don't know any old ladies that would say stuff like that. Going on with what they said, my life is, um, and countless lives have been ruined financially and emotionally, she said. She called Freeman an ugly-hearted person and said her ability to trust others has been forever damaged. Well, you shouldn't be trusting the prosecution, lady. Freeman um, has been free on bail pending his appeal and sentencing. Supporters who packed the courtroom Monday gave him a raucous standing ovation when he entered the room. This happened actually twice. I think it's uh, raucous, Mark. Raucous, excuse me, thank you. You're right. It is raucous. A raucous standing ovation. And it happened two times. And I thought to myself while I was uh, hearing it, is just like, you know, the prosecution certainly didn't like the idea of the Freshire Free Church being called a religion. But this seems like absolute uh, cult-like behavior, you know, like the idea of going to a court and just standing ovations from dozens of people. How could they look at it any differently? Just from because their Ian standpoint? walked into the room. It wasn't like Ian came in and talked to them, addressed no. them. He just walked into the room and people well, all stood you know, up clapping. Respect and support. Yep. I, I, I agree. I mean, I don't use, mean to use the term uh, cult in an a, uh, insulting fashion. All I'm saying is, is that Man, this looks like a religious adherence. Clearly, these two sides of the room see this case differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- this one woman, I didn't see it, but my little sister who was there saw it. Uh, this woman that works for the prosecution, but she's not one of the lawyers for the prosecution. She sits behind them and hands them paperwork and stuff. Like, uh, the next evidence that needs to be brought up, she'll bring up a binder. She turned around and looked at us all with the most disgusted, annoyed look and, like, rolled her eyes at the clapping. It's like, 
what is she thinking like that we are lying well, that that like 40 people in a room are just dumber than her Yeah, no kidding it's like we know this guy personally yeah you know like you have no clue who this is all you know is the the files you've read right or maybe she's thinking maybe i mean like many people who work at the court consider the court to be a their own church right they, yeah. Yeah. they have yeah. religious feelings we're breaking about, the rules yeah and um well the judge may not be in here and that's the only reason you people are getting away with this right that's and true. But I mean, I mean, the judge's chambers have to be nearby. Um, I hope he heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he would have to hear all of this. Anyway, that's the uh, the final um, from the story there. Hopefully, he would know that the cheering wasn't for Georgiana McDonald walking in. The yeah, room. nobody's <laughs> clapping for her. I, you know, I mean, I feel like. In as much as I I can see any one person, like what I see is is I see a bunch of cogs in a machine mm-hmm. of injustice. I just see it. Sitting there, I see a person who I know has the highest relationship with the truth being run through a system, and it is really demoralizing for me. And um, coming up, we also have a story about another person who's been squashed by those cogs of injustice. It's coming up on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you want to get in on the conversation. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can call in with whatever's on your mind, bring up something new, or talk about whatever we're talking about. It doesn't matter. It's Free Talk Live. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Mark. And I want to tell you about Dash. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash Dash.org. And it is a call-in show, so I'm going to go straight to the phones. 
Tim in Florida, you're on the air with us. Tim, what's on your mind? Well, from uh, 2016, 2017, and 2018, all three years, I sent a Romanian money on a nearly weekly basis. Did you know and they I, were like a Romanian person, or are you saying they weren't who you thought they were? Well, I actually knew their, their presumably their real name, and, and I, I knew their actual address, and I, I don't want to get into that, but essentially I knew what I was doing. Um, I primarily use MoneyGram. I occasionally use Western Union. Um, I don't believe that I was a victim. I like I said, I kind of knew what I was doing, why I was doing it. Um, but it was something I, I knew that, you know, it probably wasn't going to pan out. Right. Hmm. Um, but the thing, the thing is, uh, if I was scammed, it's not Western union or MoneyGram that scammed me. Uh, that, that would be a ridiculous claim. You know, I'd have to agree. And the only reason the government wouldn't go after them is because Western Union has a license. Uh, Incidentally, no one, with the exception of the time that I tried to do it over the computer, um, in person, no one ever said, hey, do you you know this person? Uh, You know, they they never really, they weren't really that concerned about it, you know? Hmm. And really, they, they, they shouldn't be. I mean, they've got a big sign there that says, look, you know, these... These are 100% irreversible. Once you send the money, more than likely you cannot get it back. So, yep, buyer beware. It, it's a it's a good analogy, and um, you know, honestly, MoneyGram and Western Union weren't culpable in this. For if you consider this a bad decision, now it doesn't sound like you're entirely considered a bad decision, but. Um, if you consider this a bad decision now, it's not MoneyGram's fault and it's not uh, Western Union's fault, and you know it, right? Yep. Yep. Well, thank you for the call. Is that all you had on your mind, Tim? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that it's, it's totally ridiculous to try to to try to paint Ian as uh, the, the scam artist when you know he was obviously actually trying to talk people out of it, which is more than MoneyGram or Western Union ever tried to do for me. Well, thank you for that. It's very interesting information. Yeah, I think um, everybody's been scammed at some level or another, and it's not a good feeling. No, and it's hard not to get scammed (laughs) these days, you know, like scammers are out there in full effect, calling your phone, sending emails, I mean. Yep, and you're the one who's responsible Mm -hmm. in your life, and that's just the way it is. And that's the one major theme I've been thinking for this entire situation, ever since Ian got arrested, it's... And I found out what it was actually about and the more information that came out about it. One thing I just keep thinking is the only reason that this is like something that anyone's taking seriously, like the judge, the justice system, um, is because we don't live in a society where people are responsible for their own actions anymore. No. That's absolutely true. It's a nation of children. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think that's like a huge, you know part of the state like the the purpose of it and why so many people cling on to it so hard is because they don't want that responsibility right you know they they just want things to be taken care of for them they don't even want to make their own decisions and if something like this happens like if they get scammed or if they get into a car accident they want to ensure that like i'm not going to have any responsibility for this like my insurance is going to cover it or you know the the cops are going to come fix this for me or whatever it is that they think they just want all responsibility taken out of their hands. Yeah, and life's a lot easier as a domesticated pet, but you have to sit on somebody's lap and do what they tell you. Yeah. And that's the difference. You know, 
it's when you're out there in the wild making your own way, you're living on the verge of starvation and it's tooth or claw in order to survive. You also might get used for your owner's um, benefit. Sure. Like if you're an ox, um, like if you end up in a jury box and they just want you to give whatever answer that they want, you're going to give it to them. I know. And I think like the, you know, domesticated pet is a good analogy because it's like, okay, we have like coconut here who's obviously like well taken care of. Like, you know, like he, he won the lottery when it came to like whose house he lives in. Right. (laughs) But not all dogs are that lucky. Right. Like some, and that it's the same thing with humans. Some people are like, oh, what is it? Just, you know, just follow the law, the law, just toe the line, whatever. But there are a lot of people who are born into bad situations and they're just constantly being victimized by the police based on their skin color or the way they live or, you know, things like that. So it's like not everyone has it so easy. And I, and I feel like a lot of people do do feel like, I, I don't know why you guys make such a ruckus. I don't know why you guys need to be activists or protest. And New Hampshire's kind of the perfect place for those types of people that you, the secondary type of people or second type of people that you just brought up to end up on the freaking jury those people yeah. who are like, listen, I have a good life. I like my life and I don't mind paying taxes. I feel like I'm not saying that New Hampshire people aren't as rebellious, but I just think that they have a pretty good life. They have an overall good life and aren't... Highest um, median income of yeah. any um, industrialized state. Ian's level like, of, um, you know, distrusting the government, even if they are personally like, oh, we should have guns. I mean, I still kind of get a little confused about why no one on the jury uh, felt could put themselves in our shoes after learning that our house was violently raided just because somebody legally owned firearms. Like, oh, that could happen to my husband. Nobody thought that. Well, I I think a lot of people, especially like normie type people, uh, they think, oh, if if the FBI is raiding your house, that means you did something wrong. Right. Um, And and I've heard actual people who like this, this happened to them. Um, you know, I've heard a story where someone like they got raided by the FBI and they thought and that this is happening to them. Right. Like they're the they're the, you know, alleged, you know, criminal. They thought, well, the FBI is raiding my house like that must mean I did something really wrong. Like they they thought that oh, like weird. even if they were innocent, like some people will think that like, oh, well, you know, the FBI doesn't make mistakes. You know, like the, the government doesn't make mistakes. People genuinely think that. Well, that's so, the that, that's the branding, right? The yeah. FBI is the best of the best. They are the best law enforcement organization on the planet. And so, you know, they must have good reason. They're not just a bunch of income poops, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> doing political stuff to get what they want. Yeah, there's no possibility of them being corrupt, right? There were so many instances of lying from the freaking pulpit or whatever they call it, where they testify from during Ian's trial, FBI agents. Yeah. But that's what they do. They they're professional liars. Well, we have a story about a more local cop who messed up in arresting someone that and probably isn't gonna get in trouble for it. So a cop jailed her for two years on fake charges. Will she ever get justice? This is a story from Reason. Saint Paul police officer Heather Weicker has thus far managed to get immunity for upending Hamadi Moham's, uh, Mohammed's life. So a, mus- a Minnesota woman has resuscitated her effort to sue a police officer who jailed her as a teenager for two years on false charges associated with a sham sex trafficking investigation that the FBI 
once billed as its largest human trafficking crackdown. Wow. Imagine. Case, imagine two years mm-hmm. of your life. As a teenager, a too. Yep. I mean, I'm assuming she was at least 18, but still, like, from 18 to 20. So important. I didn't know that the FBI was also involved in this one. I thought it was just some local cop. So the case is another example of the legal labyrinth victims are required to are required to navigate when attempting to get recourse after government infringes on their rights and once again raises the question, how inoculated should these government officials be from the civil suits for violating the Constitution? <laughs> Hamadi Mohammed's odyssey began over a decade ago when St. Paul police officer Heather Weicker had arrested her on witnessed tampering charges concerning a woman named Muna, I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm not going to even try. Muna A, who allegedly attracted Mohammed and her friends at knife point. The perpetrator was crucial to Weicker's sex trafficking case, which at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit conceded. So this isn't just false charges. It actually benefited this cop to put this woman in jail? It seems that way. So, um... So the Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit conceded was plagued with problems from the start. Some of those problems included Weicker lying under oath, coercing witnesses, editing police reports, and making up evidence. So yeah, this cop just wanted to be able to put someone behind bars. I don't know if it was an ego thing. It said that the... I mean, sorry, the witness that she got accused of tampering with was like extremely important in Heather Weicker, the cops. The um, so the the person that held the so (laughs) this is getting very confusing. So the person that held Mohammed and her friends at knife point, that's who was very crucial to the case. Yeah, this is this Muna Abu Dula Dula cure. Oh. yeah. It's not a it's not an easy name. There's, uh, there's <laughs> no. Some, that's why I was like, I'm not even going to try. There's some say. head scarves involved in all this. Yes, the groundless charges against Muhammad were ultimately dropped, but not until she spent about two years in federal prison, where those accused of federal crimes are typically held uh, pre-trial. So she, yeah, there wasn't even a trial yet. She was just held for two years pre-trial. That's so messed up. When was denied qualified immunity, the legal doctrine that makes it difficult to sue state and local government actors unless their alleged misconduct was clearly established in a prior court uh, precedent. Yet the Eighth Circuit in 2020 overturned that decision, citing Weicker's position on a federal task force. Government employees... Wait, so... She might have gotten uh, actually been able to be sued, except that some court overthrown it, overthrew it because her position was too important. No, they they overthrew it because they had not previously at, at like she there there was no she wasn't an established okay. liar. Yeah, so you can't get convicted on the first lie. Yeah, you get one lie. <laughs> wow. Okay. So government employees at the federal level receive an even more. Muscular immunity. Yep, that's true. The federal level gets a higher level, too. Which I am not surprised by that, honestly. Qualified immunity makes it very, very difficult to sue government officials. Patrick Jamaico, an attorney at the 
Institute of Justice told me in 2021. Great organization, IJ. Uh, I've never heard of that before. Oh, yeah, they're great. Um, They're really, really good, and they're always looking out for the little guy. Ian and I had a whole story about um, something they did last week about um, helping people in Detroit have a better chance fighting it whenever they have civil asset forfeiture crap going on. Yeah, and if you take a look at the history of qualified immunity um, for government workers— and this was sort of established in the mid-20th century. Um, yeah, and I mean, this was the time of socialism, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to hold government officials responsible for their own actions. But this is, like, among the cases, the linchpins for the growth of government. Of course, people who are not held uh, responsible for their actions act irresponsibly. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, what would your children be like right now? If they were never, if you could never hold them responsible yeah. for their actions, yeah, imagine the world would be far more screwed than it is today. Hmm. If children for the last seventy years couldn't be held responsible for their actions, now cops are a much smaller percentage of the population than people who have been children are, <laughs> which is to say that a hundred percent of the population is people who have been children in the last well, seventy years. Um, Whereas cops, uh, people who are uh, cops that have been previously children, much smaller um, segment. So the cops, yeah, they can't mess things up as badly. But yeah, the government's messed up in large part because government officials aren't held responsible. They also have a lot more control over other people's lives than just the average person. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, if, you know, some local store owner couldn't be held responsible for his actions he'd be messing things up too but not as bad as a cop could i'm willing to even concede that um some large percentage maybe even a majority of people who go into police departments probably come with a better moral compass than your average individual i'm willing to concede with that i'm not saying it's true but i'd concede it if you're willing to concede you the listener are willing to concede that anybody who has no responsibility for their actions or very, very little, to quote the lawyer from the Institute of Justice here, very, very little responsibility for their actions is likely to act highly, highly irresponsibly. Yep. I mean, and that's the scary part. I mean, they can do they can put you in jail for absolutely no reason. They can lie. They can, you know, make up evidence. They can coerce people and still have qualified immunity just because there's no precedent. Yep. They can. It's scary. You know, they can throw a. Um, victim in jail for trying to hold a perpetrator responsible that the government won't do anything about. And there's no precedent because people don't want to take cops to trial, not because... This well, isn't about being. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad this woman is. Yeah. You know, and I guess you know and she lost the first time, and she's yep. you know trying again. So, but obviously, like most people, don't have the the funds. And yep. that's the thing. Institute for Justice they work on dona- donations. So yep. this woman isn't just like having to hire the Institute for yeah. Justice. They're taking this trial or uh, case for her. Yeah, they work in many cases like the ACLU does. So basically, qualified immunity makes it impossible to hold government officials accountable for their actions. And the U.S. Supreme Court further strengthened that protection in June of 2022. So it's just getting worse, unfortunately. But previously unearthed documents on Weicker's cross-deputization called into question the notion that her activity was exclusively carried out under federal authority. 
Weicker's deputization form listed her employer as the St. Paul Police Department and explicitly disclaimed this appointment does not constitute employment by the U by the United States Marshals Service. When this studio was raided at least the second time, they um that was the first time too. They brought in um, police officers from surrounding police departments. Now, those police department, those police officers weren't FBI agents for a day. They weren't hired by the United States federal government. They were simply doing things at the behest of another department. And that's what happened to this woman. It's as if saying that somehow she, she can't be sued for her actions because she happened to work for the U.S. government, uh, you know, here and there. No. That she she was never on the employ of the U.S. government. Yeah. So I.J. wrote in the complaint file in the U.S. District Court for the District of Minnesota, adding that the form made clear that her federal authority was narrow. In other words, Muhammad's attorneys have have to convince the courts that Weicker, in some sense, had a lower level of power than she previously claimed. It's a perverse concession to make. That elevated authority comes with an even lower standard, but it's the only one that in our current system gives any shot at success. Yeah, it's absolutely sad that somehow working for the U.S. Marshal, the the FBI, the federal government makes you less. You you should be you should have less culpability for your actions. That's crazy. Yeah, more power Mm -hmm. to harm people's lives and ruin people's lives. Yeah, you would think the more power you have, the more responsibility you need. Yep. So when people have absolutely no responsibility of their actions and people argue, right, well, cops, you know, they have a really dangerous job. Sure. They wouldn't be able to do their job without some level of qualified immunity. I don't really buy that. Yeah, me I, I, you know, you could say I have a dangerous job. You know, I could kill people with my job over medicating them. You know, any nurse could. But I don't have qualified immunity. If I were to give someone an incorrect dose of a medication or if I were to give someone the wrong medication, that has happened before with nurses that worked in the ICU. They gave the incorrect medication. This one woman, I can't think of her name. Uh, she was fired. She got her nursing license taken away mm-hmm. and she was facing legit criminal charges like she was about to go to jail because technically she killed somebody. It was an honest mistake. She really didn't mean to. She did not mean to give this incorrect medication, yeah. but she did. And somebody died as a result. So if I, you know, everybody, no matter what job you're in, you need some sense of accountability. Because if I could just, I mean, I, I wouldn't, but some nurses, I mean, or doctors. It's, it's happened. Yeah. I mean, there are people in the well, medical profession have purposely killed people. Killed yeah. people. And sometimes so like I wonder. Old ladies wonder why they do it like you know i i've been in enough hospitals to see enough people suffering terribly um because the doctors are supposed to keep them alive yeah yeah and i you know like there's there's no system for like i've seen people because you know that they can't choose to die in our system and they won't die sort of unkept yeah like naturally yeah starving them to death they Mm -hmm. take out the feeder and they starve them to death, which I'm not saying this is evil. It's just ugly. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't I, you know, if I had the choice between starving myself to death, suffering for untold months or give me a lethal dose of fentanyl. Yeah. I'll take 
choice B. It's C. Absolutely. Well, and that's kind of like the only option we have in our system right now is hospice care, um, which is kind of what you described, like not really any food, offer your life-saving meds, and just a ton of morphine. Yeah. You know, just a, a, all of the meds people can get to keep them comfortable, but it would be so much... I, people could die with a lot more dignity if they could just make the decision, lethal dose... That's it. I wouldn't. It's claim, quick and easy, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't claim to to be, you know, at my my pul- my finger on the pulse. Uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, fingers on the pulse of the uh, of the medical system. But I would say that I have seen lots of people who they look better off dead. There are lots of doctors that talk out about it, though. Like, and they're obviously their fingers are on the pulse of it. Um, yep. Melvin Morris is one of a lot of his books, and he says that he doesn't like that. Just because family members are unhappy with the fact that their family members are going to die, they keep them suffering for months more. Yep. Well, it's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. That's the phone number for you to call in to get on the air with us and talk about whatever's on your mind. In the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Nikki, and Mark. And in the last segment, we read a story about a cop that's not being held responsible for her own actions. And it seems to me that Elon Musk is being held to a higher standard for his own actions than the cops that are running around with guns and badges and doing whatever they want in the United States. And Elon Musk isn't a, you know, elected official or public official is what I meant. Public servant. Yeah. Neither is that woman. She's no one's servant. Well, maybe the FBI's. Um, so this is from CNBC. Elizabeth Warren calls for an investigation into Elon Musk and Starlink in Ukraine after biography claim. Uh, remember that these two have a long-running feud. Really? Yeah. Elizabeth I actually Warren? haven't heard about that either. Why do they have I'm a feud? I'm not surprised. Yeah, me either. Well, because um, <laughs> Musk doesn't put up with uh, um, Warren's crap. And... Mm. Um, you know, so she doesn't like that. She wants uh, people to, uh, you know, bow and scrape in front of her. Hmm. But 
yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to there's not going to be any repercussions on her for an invest for calling for an investigation. It sounds like a pretty clear if you've had a public scrap with someone, you and you're a public official, you probably shouldn't be allowed to call for a probe. That's pretty clear abuse of power. But anyways, I feel like they do that all the time, though. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be able to. But what, sure that do. that story we just covered a few weeks ago with the um, the the media source that got raided by the cops because and they had you know previous beef. The newspaper, yeah, 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 yeah. The newspaper. He had, they had beef with people in their town. Yeah, from business and the cops. Business uh, This is from 2021. Elon Musk and Elizabeth Warren have traded criticisms over taxing the ultra wealthy. Here are some of the uh, most heated exchanges between the billionaire and the senator in a timeline. Hmm. So. so it's about taxing the wealthy. All right. Well, well, I mean, in Musk's a great example of somebody who has earned a lot of money, brought a lot of value to people's lives, um, also enjoyed a lot of government, uh, you know, largesse. Uh, basically, he uh, many of his his cars seem to be sort of set up so that he gets a huge, huge thing from, you know, the tax gas emissions yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't know how it all works. I but. don't either. Aria talked about it before, but I've never looked into it. But um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather be- have a Nissan Leaf. Thanks. I just would rather not have an electric car, but I think like a hybrid is kind of cool, but a fully electric car, they keep catching on fire. That's scary. Yeah. My ex-wife has a Prius that we bought new in 2012. Yeah. And that thing has um, almost had no problems at all. Had one major Mm -hmm. problem. Prius are Toyotas, right? Yeah. Yeah, Toyotas are great. They're just way better than something like a Tesla. I mean, I don't really I don't know, know much about Teslas. I, mean, I, I just I can't know say anything about them. Yeah. Toyotas I, are so good. So, so what I don't like about not to get on this tangent, but what I don't like about Tesla is you cannot fix the car yourself. You can't order parts from Tesla. They won't let you. You have to send it to the dealership or the uh, any authorized mechanic that is allowed to deal with Teslas. And of course, it's all electrical, all computers. Uh, a Prius. I mean, if if my car breaks down on the side of the road, I could fix it if I have if I have the knowledge and the tools. Yeah, so there's some aspects to Priuses that may, you may want to end up taking to the dealer, but you, in many cases, can fix most of the problems mm-hmm. on a Prius. You can also just take it to almost any old dealer. You have to take your Tesla to some specific dealer in town that don't has they call. Don't they call people in? I don't know how Teslas work, but I've heard that they like send in well, a mechanic. You, they have to be either that or it has to be a mechanic that is like gone approved. through the training and is, um, yeah, like approved. They have like, I don't, it's not like a, maybe a certification or something like that, but they, they're specific people and they, they have to pay a lot of money to do it. So imagine what they're charging you yep. to change a tire or whatever. So your pool of people in your town that you can uh, call on to um, fix your car becomes much smaller when it's a Tesla. And uh, yeah, that's what freaks me out about it. I just like I'm not very loyal to American cars and I'm not some kind of a car person. I just think Japan makes way nicer cars because yep. they don't uh, You know what? Ruined Branding matters. Hmm. If, um, you know, some 27-year-old gal in Keene, New Hampshire thinks that the best car is a Toyota, that's her business. Hmm. And Toyota's worked really hard to get that done. I personally am a Honda guy, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, I said just Japanese. Yep. Um, but anyways, the reason we got onto this was because we we're talking about Elon Musk, who owns Tesla. And Senator Elizabeth Warren called for a probe Tuesday following a claim that Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk curbed a Ukrainian military operation 
aimed at Russia's Black Sea fleet last year by limiting access to SpaceX's Starlink satellite network, a reporter said. <clears throat> that seems like a run-on sentence. It was hard to say. Uh, quote, Congress needs to investigate what's happened here and whether we have adequate tools to make sure foreign policy is conducted by government and not by one billionaire, unquote. Well, or, certainly said, one billionaire shouldn't be conducting um, foreign policy, but nobody should be conscribed to fight a war they don't believe in. Yeah. And Elon Musk has been pretty clear he's somewhat ambivalent on this war. The other thing is no one should be able to run someone's company besides the person who owns the company. The government shouldn't be able to just go run Elon Musk's company because they say that it's pertinent to their uh, war that they like that yeah. he doesn't. Right. Yeah. I know it seems irrelevant. Like that's his business and it, and it seems like a major overstep to even, you know, try to require that of him. It really does. CNBC confirmed the accuracy of the report with Warren's staff. The call for an investigation stems from an excerpt released last week from biographer Walter Isaacson's book titled Elon Musk, in which the author details how a Ukrainian drone sneak attack on the Russian fleet was disrupted by a disconnect from Starlink. The book was released on Tuesday. So it sounds like somebody wrote a biography about Elon Musk and it so, wasn't commissioned by him. Also, no lives were put in danger, right? Like this was a drone, and Elon Musk. Uh, in you know, the the worst case scenario here here um, is that Elon Musk ordered the disconnection of the interwebs at that moment, so the drone couldn't drop a bomb on Russian boats full of Russians. Yep, and kill a bunch of people. Now, would they are they innocent? No, they're in the military. Hmm. But um, I think they probably got conscription there in Russia, just a guess. And, uh, I mean, that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is we had an outage. Yeah. Um, I did already read this article, and it's uh, Elon Musk claims that he already had disconnected it. It's not like he was like, right. you're going to do a sneak attack? I have special knowledge about that? Well, now I'm going to disconnect Starlink. So that's what he claims. It's not right. uh, something that I sounds, know happened. That sounds the most pl like the most plausible thing. How in the world would Elon Musk know that a sneak a sneak, sneak attack, a yeah. drone sneak attack was occurring at that given time? And that's why I'm saying it's the worst case scenario. Right. So in an interview with CNBC's Squawk Box, I guess that's what they call one of their shows, Isaacson, the biographer, further elaborated on the excerpt from the biography that triggered alarm bells in Washington among NATO allies and the Ukrainian capital. Isaacson said developing a military-grade version of Starlink will help resolve concerned, concerns expressed by Tesla and Musk regarding the satellite network's use in combat. And that's kind of like, you're just, I know Isaacson's just a biographer, he's not like the president, but it just seems like just demanding someone let them use uh let their technology be used for war when he's obviously like a conscientious objector to being involved in this war at all well, is uh not a um you know resolution i also think that if musk's position is hey i just want to get paid more for a more encrypted version um and i want you to put a whole bunch of special satellites up in the sky or whatever that's still his business hmm. like you can't make a person fight for whatever reason, they don't want to fight. Hmm. Well, 
They do do that. They try. Well, the U.S. government rarely does. Hmm. Um, but and I mean, who wants to be in a military where the people next to you don't want to be fighting? Hmm. Nobody I've met anyway. Well, let us have a certain number of Starlink services and then later a more military version where we get to control it. Why is he saying we? He's just this author, but uh, unquote. But that's what they do. That's the patriotic hmm. American way. We are. That's true. Uh, he's just doing it like the way Sarah from New Mexico does it. <laughs> so that's what Isaacson said on Squawk Box, describing a discussion between Musk and the U.S. government. Oh, okay, yeah. He was literally being the U.S. government. Elon Musk said yes, and that's the right outcome, Isaacson added. So uh, did he say yes? All right. I don't know what that means. Anyways. Um, Crimea, a peninsula that Russia illegally annexed from Ukraine in 2014, is home to Russia's Black Sea fleet. And we know what happens when Russia illegally annexes um, sections of um, Ukraine because it happened. And life wasn't so bad hmm. in 2015 and 2016. I mean, you know, I'm not well, saying... Well, you know, the, uh, Kiev was bombing people in the Donbass region of their quote-unquote own country, so that was pretty bad, but... Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter to anybody that you talk to that's, uh, you know, advocates for right. um, Ukraine, Ukraine that, hey, you know, Ukraine was bombing its own citizens. It has suspended habeas corpus. It had uh, it jailed uh, journalists and politicians. And, you know, like you can just list they just off won't the do things. peace talks that yeah. could end this war. You know, they just think, I mean, like I, I was amazed at uh, last year, the year before, I can't remember how long it's been, um, the amount of people that are like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about what you're talking about, but bomb Russia. Yeah, it's crazy. I, it's crazy. I don't understand. Like, a lot of Ukrainians just consider themselves Russian. It's like, a, a lot of times it seems like whenever there's some group of people that is a um, victim, it, according to the media, they don't want you to be their savior, but everybody wants to do it anyway. Like, yeah, it's I, like the white savior complex with right. like the Black Lives Matter thing. You right, know? there's Black Lives Matter. This seems like the same thing. I think that um, there are plenty of Ukrainians that w- wanted Russia out and would, you know, would you know, would love U.S. soldiers to have fought for Ukraine and, and all those things. They and there's plenty of Ukrainians that, you know, don't want that at all. And that's why I don't think this made much sense uh, for the U.S. military to get involved in. Um, you know, it's just I mean, NATO is built for a thing and that's fighting Russia. And that's what it wants to do. Hmm. And I think the best thing you can do with NATO is incorporate Russia. Bring Russia into NATO because that will, you know, that, that it will drive a stake through the heart of what they think they're all about. And then they have to find some other new well, meaning. No, exactly. That's the point. So if Russia joins NATO, then what are they going to do? Because well, that's like their hobby, I got an right? Idea. Why would they allow them? They have to like vote them in. They do have to vote them in. It's not the same as joining the EU, mind you. It's a lot easier to join NATO than it is to join the EU. Is it easy for Russia? Well, I think it'd be very hard for Russia, but I think that NATO ought to look at this because Mm. it would be a solution to the problem. There hasn't been a core. I mean, like, when was the last time that a military organization attacked itself? And if Russia was part of NATO, the United States is part of NATO, European countries are part of NATO, then they only have one thing left. In, and that is to keep an eye on China. But Russia likes China. No, they don't. Well, they seem to be allies right now. They're bit, both in bricks. That's because they've been driven in. The uh, Russians have been driven into the arms of, of the Chinese for no other other options because of what NATO's been doing to them. Hmm. Well, maybe Trump will save us all. 
Well, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Um, it sure looks like either it's either going to be Trump or Biden. Um, you know, in this election so far. I mean, we're TikTok. It's like twenty weeks hmm. until this is all decided. Um, so oh, until what they're... I mean is, is Super Tuesday decides everything. Yeah. You, you, you know, the person who has the most points on Super Tuesday is very, 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 very likely to be the um the the nominee. Super Tuesday should be, I think it's the first week in February, and. I think it's 21 or 22 weeks from today. Wow. Well, I don't really care who ends up president. I don't think it really matters much. I mean, my dad really did kind of convince me that the war in Ukraine and in Russia wouldn't have happened if Trump was still president. Probably would have. It seemed would've. to happen immediately after Biden became president. And Biden had a good relationship with Putin, but... I mean, not Biden, Trump did. But I'm not saying he's a good guy or anything like that. Anyways, in the days following the Ukraine invasion in... February of 2022, those ships in the Black Sea Fleet, Russia's Black Sea Fleet, fired missiles on Ukrainian coastal cities while setting up a naval blockade. A top aide to Ukraine, President Vladimir Zelensky, slammed Musk after the biography revelation last week. Quote, by not allowing Ukrainian drones to destroy part of the Russian military fleet via Starlink interference, Elon Musk allowed this fleet to fire uh, caliber missiles uh, at Ukraine cities. Mihaliko Podolyak wrote Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Podolyak. Just leave those out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This reporter. <laughs> no, it was the top aide. Wrote okay. Thursday. Top aide to Zelensky. Wrote Thursday on social media after CNN reported on some of the details from Isaacson's book. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, earlier, you were talking about how no human lives were put at risk. Yep. Well, their argument is that since they didn't destroy the Russian fleet with the drones, they were able to uh, fire these caliber missiles, missiles without an ER. It's just with R yep. at Ukrainian cities. And um, like it's a jump in logic because it's not like. Again, Trump, uh, excuse me, uh, Musk just pulled the plug on um, the Internet connectivity that moment. Yeah, right. It was something he had done previously. And, you know, why does the United States military have a drone that seems to only be able to work on Starlink, a technology that only rolled out this year? Yeah, mm, that seems kind of strange. That I didn't even think about that even accurate. piece of it. That yeah. is really weird. I mean, this thing can't operate without that? Yeah, I doubt it. So this guy, um, the top aide to Vladimir Zelensky says, he goes on, as a result, civilians' children are being killed. This is the price of a cocktail of ignorance and big ego. And he wrote that on X, formerly known as Twitter. I don't want to call it that. Musk bought Twitter last year. Musk said in an X thread on Thursday evening that the connectivity policy for that area was already active before the attack. Quote, the Starlink regions in question were not activated. SpaceX did not deactivate anything. Unquote. Quote, both sides should agree to a truce. Every day that passes, more Ukrainian and Russian youth die to gain and lose small pieces of land with borders barely changing. Yes, this that's is, the definition of war. This is not worth their lives, Musk added. It, it absolutely isn't worth yeah. their... Oh, it's Musk that I'm agreeing with. I know, yeah. right? I, I hate to uh, agree with Musk, but I really agree to with me, him. There. To me, no, if somebody's right, like, you know, like people that are 
crazy or dumb. Like uh, Alex Jones. I agree with Alex Jones a lot. I'm going to say that I like back him 100%. Yeah. No, because he's kind of a nutcase. Same thing with, you know, Elon Musk. Kind of a nutcase. But in this case, he's right. There was, you know? a, there was a conflict during Trump's administration where the... Iranians had sent some kind of crappy little boat at a U.S. Um, naval ship. And, you know, Trump had basically said, this is an act of war. And then he backed off of it. And he said later, you know, I thought about the families of those Iranian soldiers. Trump. Trump. Oh. Backed off um, of it. And he said, I thought about the families of those Iranians. Like, I, he could have pushed the b- button. Mm-hmm. And believe me, everybody in the military industrial complex and all the media would support him. You know, yep. t- 50 cruise missiles flying into Iran and blowing up people's uh, houses and killing their kids and all that stuff. Yeah, that'd have been fine. But he said, no, you know, it just didn't seem like it was worth it. Nobody was hurt on our side and everything was fine. Hmm. And that made me have some respect for Trump because that would be how I would look at this. Look, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't, just because I'm a Quaker doesn't mean that I would never employ the military under any circumstances. It just means that I'm going to take human life really, really, really seriously. And I felt like Trump took it more seriously than any president has Probably. since Carter. Yeah. And that is a very human reaction to it. Uh, and I think most politicians don't have any sort of human right. reaction hmm. based on and, what point. I've seen. And I know. don't want to like Trump. I don't. I just think he's the best president we've had since Carter. And I know it's a strange thing to say. Nobody on the radio is going to say those exact words. Trump's the best president we've had since Carter. I just I just feel less safe with Biden being president than when Trump was president. That doesn't mean much. That doesn't mean that I think that I feel really safe because Trump was president. I just think it's weird that everybody is fine with we have a president now that's extremely hostile to people that could kill us instead of trying to make good relations. That's the one thing that I ever think positively about Trump. And uh, it's relevant in the Ukraine war because I don't know. I just think that it wouldn't be as bad as it is today if Trump was president because he's actually trying to be friends with uh, Putin. And then the media tried to slam him as if that was a terrible thing. Right. Sure. Well, Russia's terrible. Yeah. The media would be happy as hell if the United States sent its military in instead of fighting this Ukraine war where they're going to fight to the last Ukrainian. Mm, Yeah. So sad. Ukraine received Starlink terminals in the early days of the invasion. The country's digital minister... My Haliko, so same name, but Fedorov, asked Musk for the capability and shared a post on social media when the units arrived in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, I remember that he gave some to Ukraine. In Ukraine, Starlink and its global network of more than 40 or sorry, 4,000 satellites have worked as the connective tissue for crucial battlefield communications. According to Isaacson's book, the South African born billionaire asked, How am I in this war? Starlink was not meant to be involved in wars. It was so people can watch uh, Netflix and chill and get their online uh, and get online for school and do good, peaceful things. I love that. Not drone strikes, Musk said. Yeah, I I remember back during I think it was the Iraqi. No, it was the um, Afghan conflict. Hearing these drone pilots who are like, you know, working in uh, 
air conditioned trailers yeah. in New Mexico. You know, like I think they have some in New Hampshire too, by the way, hmm. drone pilots. Did not know that. Um and like this one pilot who said that you know, he was filing for PTSD and like he was going public, he was the first one and all that stuff. He said, you know, I didn't drop the bombs. I just kind of told the um, captain when we were ready, he'd come over and do it. And he, you know, they dropped this bomb. And just as the bomb was going down, like, like the camera and everything, he sees a, they see a kid walk out of the, the hut. Hmm. And then there's the big flash with bomb yeah. hits. Nothing left. Can you imagine what that's like? You know, like you're the you're the pilot of this remote control airplane and, you know, it's your job to get it in position to drop bombs. And then, you know, you've got it ready. You've called over your captain. You said, we're ready to go. He pushes the button and you find out just as it hits that you've killed somebody's three year old. Well, I wouldn't really mind if I didn't push the button. (laughs) I mean, and that and I think for a lot of people like that one guy probably felt really bad about it. And it probably gave him a lot of like lifelong trauma. But the captain didn't. Well, I think for a lot of people, it being so far removed from war, doing acts of war, really like takes that human aspect out of it. So it's almost like playing a video game, right? And we were talking about this a few weeks ago with the Call of Duty, how it's essentially just like training people to drop bombs from far away air, you know, to like mindlessly kill people or like desensitize people from that sort of act of killing. But and that's how, how is war it goes now? Exactly. Like, so how is it any different if you're, you know, like in a completely different country dropping bombs on people? I mean, for a lot of people, they could totally like, oh, like either pretend they didn't see it or. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. You know, like it's a lot easier for you to to kind of. Yeah. Like it's a lot easier to rationalize that than if you're like. You had to take a knife and stab the little boy. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. If you're literally over there like shooting children and actually like murdering people in hand-to-hand combat. Like it's a very different thing. makes me a little sick that it like only bothered him because it was a child. Like it's like we were talking about with the scam victims earlier. It's like it wouldn't bother him if it was a 30-year-old man. Well, that's the point, right? They're they're killing people. Yeah, killing people is always bad. That is the point, you know. Just so you know. So either way, someone's dying. Yeah, I um, I guess I'm inconsistent on this one. I do. I, I the the 30 year old man could potentially be guilty of something. Hmm. The uh, child is definitely not. That's a good point. But the child's only guilty of being born to the wrong parents mm-hmm. at the worst case. Well, what do you think? Uh, is Elon Musk responsible for his part in the Ukraine war? 603-283-6160. It's free talk live. radio that you control 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 you can call to get in on whatever conversation we're having or bring up whatever is on your mind and in the studio with you tonight it's me bonnie nikki and mark 
And I just want to finish the last few sentences of this um, article because we have some callers on the line that are on topic. I just wanted to read that Isaacson, the um, biographer of this Elon Musk book, uh, reported in that book that his subject was worried the Ukrainian attack on Russian vessels in the Black Sea would provoke the Kremlin into launching a nuclear war. And he said, I think if the Ukrainian attacks had succeeded in sinking the Russian fleet, it would have been like a mini Pearl Harbor and led to a major escalation, Musk said. Oh, okay. So his subject, as in Musk, said that. Yes. We did not want to be a part of that, Musk said. Interesting. Well, KT in Tennessee wants to talk about this whole situation. KT, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, no, I was listening to your show. I listen a lot uh, when I'm driving home from work at night. And uh, most of the time, I agree with you guys. And tonight, I just had to call and say I disagree. All right. Well, how's, uh, respect. What, what, do you, what do you disagree on? Well, uh, you know, I think first off, when you put Putin and Ukraine sort of in neutral, equal terms, like they should kiss and make up, I feel like that's really taken away from what Ukraine has done because you got to remember, Ukraine didn't ask for any of this. It's 100% Russia invaded Ukraine. Well, don't you think uh, that when now, Ukraine not, was bombing Russians in the Donbass region that to some extent they thought that maybe Russia would come in and that they were just well, playing you know, the West off the East? It, 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 I mean, you know, we're all taught as kids that violence is not the best answer, but we're also taught that if somebody attacks you you have to stand up for yourself sure and you know if if, if i remember right i think russia invaded ukraine first no, well uh, actually what we and, had, you know um, and, there were ukrainian what are what are the un considers ukrainian citizens but those same people those citizens consider themselves to be ethnic russians saying we don't want to be ruled by kiev or kiev depending on which side uh, you take in this and they were getting progressively and progressively less uh, governable and the, you know just like they would in the u.s if you're ungovernable they'll come in and blow your ass up um, that's what was going on and they didn't want to be a part of like well, the all the signs point to that the people in the donbass region made uh majority of them didn't want to be run or ruled by kiev they wanted to be ruled by russia which uh whatever you think about that i think that they should have the right to self-determination and ukraine said no and instead of just letting some small group of people go they decided to put themselves at risk of getting invaded by russia and i'm not saying that that means russia didn't do anything wrong i'm just saying that can't we see them both for having done a little bit of something wrong and maybe peace would be the answer well i don't think you can blame ukraine for something that's going on in a section of their country i can blame them for the bombing those people yeah the uh, ukrainian military attacks them but i mean Vladimir Zelensky, if he's in charge of the country, his intent on ruling was not to start a conflict with Russia. Well, the, the, I mean, the, the and, conflict's and that, been going on yeah. for longer than Zelensky. Uh, Zelensky's yeah. the new guy yeah. on the, uh, the, the table. Yeah. He's really good at raising money and, and all that stuff. And, and, and again, I'm not here to say Ukraine bad. I'm here to say Ukraine government and government does government things. Russia will do government things, too. And Russia did all kinds of government things in the past. And I'm not saying they should kiss yeah. and make up. 
I don't know what the solution to this is, but I know that the United States has been drug into yet another proxy war. And I, I don't know if you're keeping tabs, but so far I've got the United States at about zero and, and 12 since World War II. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, no. We have a we have a habit of sticking our finger where it doesn't belong for sure. And this is, you know, maybe this is a classic example of that. I think it's definitely a U.S. flexing our muscles and NATO, you know, backing us up in a sense. And, and you know, I'm not a politician. I'm not a military general. I can't say for certain exactly who's to blame because, A, I'm not there, and, B, I don't study this stuff. I got a job, you know. <laughs> sure, same uh, here. Right, but, that's why we just shouldn't be yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think it's easy to look at what Ukraine's doing to Russia, attacking them back. Maybe there's a history there that I'm completely forgetting about or overlooking. You know, I I know there was a lot of conflict there in the first place, but I think Vladimir Putin made it real clear that he was the aggressor when they invaded over a year ago when they brought tanks and everything. And maybe it was into that region. I'm not real well versed on like I grew up in American too, and I know who the bad guys are in the world, right? And Russia, the USSR, is at the top of that list. I hid under my chair on my desk in school, and I've had all the brainwashing too. It's just that when I read the news and I see Ukraine throwing journalists in prison, when I see Ukraine throwing politicians whom they don't agree with in prison and using oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah. all oh, the yeah. old tactics. Telling like, citizens they can't oh, speak yeah. Russian when Russian has been their native tongue this their entire lives. That's pretty distasteful. And I think if you, yeah, you could probably find a lot of that behavior in U.S. history long ago. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't like uh, them back when our country was in a developing state, you know, we were we we've, we've gone through our fair share of, of bad periods, but you know, we do it now. I, I just wanted to. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, the United States it does out. it now, not me. Absolutely, but I, I I did want to point out that you know I I think it's important to remember Russia prompted a lot of the deaths that are occurring now because they sent tanks and bombs into you know Ukraine. But I, it, the other points that I wanted to make for I'll, I'll try to get get my points out and uh, let y'all talk. Um, the other one is, you know, capitalism is what capitalism works. And Starlink is a good example of that. It's a great technology. A lot of the technology that the defense department uses was developed by private enterprise first. And, you know, uh, Elon Musk is a classic example of uh, a big company that's creating a great technology, but with those great technologies come huge responsibilities and satellite internet is pretty much the next best thing minus the internet. I mean, AI is, is the next wave. Specifically obviously. Starlinks. I've had uh, uh, satellite internet that's uh, really stunk, but um, yeah. Starlinks real yeah. good tech. Well, thank you for yeah. your call, so, you know, KT. Um, yep. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, and uh, real quick, though, I just wanted to say, Trump, my opinion, I think he'll be in prison this time next year. Um, I guess that's well, thank only you way, for your way call. to find out. September 2024? Caller says, I didn't get his name. Uh, caller KT. says, KT. what is it? From Tennessee? Was KT. Tennessee? KT from Tennessee says uh, Trump will be in prison uh, a year from now. Yep. Put that on the board. We'll and see. I don't really have any bet on that. I don't care if he is. It, and it, I don't. it doesn't, like, you know, truly doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to break down and cry. I'm no. not, you know, um, I, I, I try and I've had lots of presidents. I'm not emotionally attached to any of them. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, we also have, well, I think he wanted us to, um, I think he brought up something I wanted to mention. I don't think that just because you create a technology means you have any kind of responsibility to the U.S. government for them to be able to use it. And I'm not sure if that's what he meant. I mean, you definitely have responsibility over said technology, like the developer of pretty much anything, you know, has responsibility over what it is they created. Um, but you don't have any responsibility to the U.S. government to give it to people. I don't know. I don't even know if you have much responsibility over what you created once it's out of your hands. Like, I I know you don't agree with this, but I'm just saying, for example, if um, well, this has actually happened. So, like, there was a manufacturer of guns and that gun that they manufactured was used in the Sandy Hook shootings. And then those people who manufactured guns got sued because their guns were used in the Bushmaster? Sandy Hook shooting. Who was it? Bushmaster? Uh, I don't know who it was. It's a it's a cheap uh, AR platform. Um, you know, no, it was some um, like Remington, something you you hear about a lot. It okay. was like Remington. They got sued and lost. Um, they lost. Yes, they got sued and had to pay the families of the Sandy Hook shootings. Seems like everybody's paying them. Yeah, no right. kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just don't see why they really have responsibility for how other people use a product that they brought into the world. They did the world a favor by bringing their product whether it's guns or starlink to the market but we also have jet on the phone usually somewhere in the western united states jet what's on your mind (laughs) yeah well i was listening to that tv tube thing and and, uh, i found out that we are losing our freedoms more and more every day that's what they said Hmm, who said that (laughs) i can't remember what program it was but i thought it was kind of humorous knowing what we know but my question for you guys is, did you know who is taking away those freedoms? The well, government? Um, the, uh, the people that call themselves the government in many cases. But in a lot of cases, it's people who, like, it's always people. Right? Like, There you go. That is the answer. That is the key to setting everyone free from their oppressors, is to somehow acknowledge that these are just other people, just other humans, who have no more right than anyone else. And they have, um, they, I don't know, I don't get how people can look at them and not see that these are just other people. When I, when I look at them and talk to them, I talk to them as though they're just another person I met on the street. Um, I think of them that way. A lot of times I they don't like that. that. Um, if you know a cop's first name, if you know a judge's first name, and you call them yeah. Karen, you call them uh, Jason, yeah, they will like get mad at you so a yeah. lot of the times. Oh, that's, that's horrible, these awful people. Because they people. act like they're I just, wonder, they can call you Jet, they can call you Mark, but it's dis- disrespectful if you do the same thing back to them, they think. Yeah, it is, it is kind of humorous, the whole idea, but um, it's not going to stop me from you know, doing that or telling them, you know, or just speaking to them as someone else, you know, that I have never met before. But that's what I wanted to just pass along, that there is no, government doesn't exist, only people exist. And so, so Mark wins the prize, um, whatever that is, I'll think of something, <laughs> tell me where to mail it. I'm just happy to get your call, Jet. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I wanted to emphasize, that when you start thinking of these people, speaking of them, Responding to them as just other humans, that is the key to escaping your oppressors. Because more and more when people do that, they will, they will join together just like the folks down in um, New Mexico and say, 
Uh, I don't think so. I I don't think that you get. I mean, she forgot to put on her crown when she came out and decreed. That yeah, was did, one of her major. major the governor mistakes. in uh, New Mexico decreed that the people in the county where Albuquerque is don't get to open carry. They don't have the right to open carry for like a few weeks or whatever because uh, or, she said so. Uh, yeah, they think there was or, a shooting. That was the excuse she used. Yep. There were three shootings in like two weeks. But either way, thank you for your call, Jet, and I agree. Um, nobody gets to have more rights than you just because they say so. And the only reason that the killing that goes on from the people calling themselves the government, it goes on the killing, the stealing, the raping, and the pillaging continues to go on is because people believe that lie. I don't know that that's true. I mean, in the vast majority of the countries in Central America, they look at the politicians as though they are, in fact, a bunch of liars and thieves. And yeah, but they don't get to have guns. Same with the cops. Um, they do get to have guns. They're just too poor to carry them in many cases. Um, if you're, in many cases, they also just don't get to have guns, though, right? No, you can have a gun as You uh, can't have a gun easily in Mexico. We know Mexicans, and they will tell us how crazy it is that uh, they people here have so many guns, and they, oh, I got to shoot this gun, and... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I couldn't say. It's my understanding that 45s were outlawed in Mexico at least uh, some time ago, but you could have 38s and, any, and 9 millimeters and these kind of things. No problem getting a gun in Mexico, and you can believe they're not going to come into your house and search for it, um, you know, unless you're some kind of gang member or something like that. They, they you know, The police have a, barely have a handhold on Mexico. Well, even if it's just that it's extremely hard to get guns, it makes things a lot different. Well, there's gun stores in, in Honduras, States. and you can buy them. That's all I can say. Uh, you know, I know a Honduran who um, has like 30 of them. Um, I know hun- many of Hondurans who have zero. And just because they believe that those people are like corrupt, it doesn't always mean that they don't think that anyone can have that power over them. Usually they're just like, oh, that's a cor- I don't know about all Hondurans. I'm just saying, usually yeah, when sure. people speak this way about how a government is corrupt, they're saying, oh, or not a government, but a member of government, they're saying like, this president is corrupt. We need a good president. They're just well, stuck yeah. in this idea that someone could are. be a good president. Well, look, hold on. If there was a, um, if there was a gang of unaccountable criminals that ran amok in your country all of the time, but you got to choose those criminals, whether they were the red team or the blue team, and in a course of every four years, I don't have a problem with you picking between your favorite set of criminals, so long as. You realize these people rule by force. They tell lies for a living. Um, they are unaccountable to their own laws. Like, you know, there's this uh, this series of things. And I get it. I, get, I know why people choose these between these groups of people. It's not that they legitimize them like they do here in the U.S. Literally here in the U.S., there are people who are listening to me who say that other political party is full of fools, liars, and evil people. And that's almost every American. Whereas... In Honduras, they say, I prefer this group of criminals over that group of criminals. Yeah, I just don't think it changes what Jet's saying because it doesn't mean that they think no one on earth has the ability to rule me. No, they think that government is a, um, a a thing, right? Like it's not going away. It is there and it's not going away. So what do I do about it? Well, I got to live my life tomorrow and tomorrow's voting time. So I'm going to go ahead and vote. It's it kind of comes down to the same premise of, well, if we all stopped voting, there wouldn't be a government. But we won't all stop voting. You can stop yourself from voting like 
come November, whenever I'm going to vote, I guess here in the, uh, it'll be January here in New Hampshire. Come January, if I choose to vote or not vote in the primary or the general, they're still going to have a president, whether Mark votes or not. I don't think Judd's saying that that's the no, number one best is. way to get the government to disappear. Neither is everyone stopping voting. It's just that it is true that if everyone stopped voting, we wouldn't have um, to deal with the government, really. I'm not, not saying because they wouldn't think of some other way, but a whole huge veil would be lifted in. Uh, a I lot agree of that would the veil would, it would be just, lifted. It wouldn't happen, like you're saying. No, but, it's, it's what I'm saying is, is that what Judd's saying is a step down the road towards... A world where people are accountable for what they do. And there are places that have taken those steps. Almost every uh, place in the world considers its politicians to be a bunch of thieves and liars and killers. I don't think that's what he's saying. That's what we come in, keep coming back to. That he's not saying if you consider the government, if you see the government as they are, he's saying if you don't, if you don't believe that anyone else has the ability to rule over you, they still believe that if they're voting for them. No, they they don't. still believe that if so they're saying giving if, them if money. If you vote, you believe that people have the the right to rule over you? Well, there's more than one thing that they're doing. They're voting and then they're um, giving them money all the time. They're doing all these things that they... Uh, I, I'm going to give somebody who comes to the street, um, comes to me on the street with a gun, says, give me all your money. I'm going to give them my money. If somebody is going to try to harm me, I'm going to give them the money. There's so, lots of reasons. I just don't... I've never met anyone else who said... No one else uh, has the ability to rule over me except a libertarian. It's like a very um, uncommon thought process, and I just don't think everyone in Honduras thinks this way. And you, libertarians and I just don't no have knew, the right to it. rule over you either. No, I'm saying only libertarians are the people only. that I've heard say that. Like the average person is like, yeah, they have that right too because they're the the president. Don't you think that the Hondurans think that the president has the right to take away the ZA laws that they've been doing? I think that Hondurans believe that when things are done by the government that they want done, they're happy about it because um, they like to see force used against their neighbor um, when they disagree with their neighbor, just I, like everybody. The yeah, other thing about the majority it is of people. that you can't, we can't generalize everyone in a whole country. So even if like everyone you know thinks that way, it doesn't mean like the majority does. Well, I would say probably the majority of human beings on the earth, you know, they have their team of elected politicians. Um, and I, I think most people do believe in that hierarchy. Like, oh, well, you, you wear a shiny badge, so it is your right to be able to do this. That's what I think, Or um, you're a politician. It, it, it does seem like most people feel that way, or most people cannot fathom a world without other people ruling over them um, and, you know, quote-unquote, helping them with these things, you know, different... Whatever. If it wasn't the case, Mark, then everyone, every South American politician wouldn't be running on, I'm going to help you and I'm going to... Well, they want people to steal in their name because they feel like they've been stolen from in the past um, in the name of the rich or whatever. And that's the game. But I don't think they think that it's legitimate. So, for instance, in Honduras, most of the police are a bunch of peasant boys who... Everybody looks at it and is like, you'd be, you'd be lucky to get a job laboring in the field if you weren't a cop. And they know they don't get paid much. And so, no, I don't think there's respect for a badge there. Um, but like, I, it, look, Honduras isn't a paradise. It's just that humans are small group primates. And we celebrate the other group's uh, bad news. That's just what we do. 
it do do I think that the government's um like thinking that the government's legitimate and celebrating the bad news of some other side aren't the same thing. Okay, and and one thing I do know about the United States is a lot of people from other countries say at least in uh their country they come from that's not the United States at least ever the government's more honest about it. Like people will say if they're from um what's it called like Germany at least our government straight up says that like we're taking from the rich and giving to the poor, but in the United States it's all like hidden. So I guess I could see it. In the United States, uh, uh, nobody's taking from the rich and giving to the poor. They're all taking from uh, the middle class and giving to the rich. Well, yeah, exactly. There's just all this pretense. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of pretense. That's for sure. We have a caller. We have Tom in New Hampshire. What's on your mind, Tom? Well, uh, Monday I went on up to Concord and attended the uh, hearing, the sentencing hearing for Ian. And uh, it was rather uh, pathetic that, uh, first of all, they're expecting people to know that when they say money, they also mean things that aren't money. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a people- crazy part we didn't really get into. Basically, what Tom's referring to is that the judge said, even though... Bitcoin wasn't invented when the laws they're using to throw Ian in prison uh, was were written. Well, funds mean Bitcoin, and uh, and they just can decide that. Yeah, that's basically what he said. They can decide it because, well, people would reasonably be able to call Bitcoin funds. So even though there's no possible way that the people who wrote that law could have meant Bitcoin, well, we decide it is. So that's going to be what they decide. And, and so they... Expect people to uh, know that you have to guess at your peril what the law requires and forbids. That is a violation of the uh, equal, uh, the due process clause. Something else I want to bring. I noticed the music's coming on. Well, I can hold on to you. Uh, yeah. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in whatever, whatever, with whatever's on your mind, like Tom, 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up. Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the number to get in on the conversation in the last about 30 minutes that we have left. We do have some people on the phone, um, but we still have room for you. 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Mark. And we're going back to Tom from New Hampshire. Tom, you were talking about Ian's sentencing hearing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I got into the building, by the way. I had to show my ID, so I produced my cedula from the Dominican Republic. I'm a dual citizen, and that's uh, the national ID card you get from the Dominican Republic. Hmm. And uh, so I flashed that, and I got through. Okay. Uh, I've also used it voting. Uh, You got your ID? Oh, sure. I got this ID, and they let me through. Uh, That's good. But... uh, What's going on with the uh, victim statements, these ladies that got ripped off, they got romanced out of their money, the scammer tells them to send uh, Bitcoin, and so they go out and buy the Bitcoin from Ian, 
and then transfer it to the scammer. Now, uh, there isn't even any proof. Uh, the prosecution doesn't even know the true identities of these scammers, by the way. Never, uh, how never do will. they know that there was any criminal action? Uh, how do they know that these guys weren't actually in love with these ladies and then suddenly ran into a difficulty and suddenly needed a lot of money? Well, they that don't is know. such an interesting uh, way to look at it that I hadn't thought of yet. If they know that they don't know the scammer, how do we know that they weren't actually just in love with these ladies and then uh, died and weren't able to pay them back after they gave them money? I mean, it seems like it was the same name that at least two of the ladies got. Yeah, but still. And then, I mean, like, technically... You can have two women. Yeah, I mean, like, technically, like, that is a that's possibility. That's not beyond the preponderance of the evidence, though. I mean, no, sorry, that's what, not beyond a shadow of a doubt. It seems unlikely, based on the report, that that woman said, um, she said that, like, after she was like, I'm not sending you any more money, he got really, like, mean with her and was like, I know where you live and I'm watching you or whatever. But seems um, unlikely isn't the, isn't the burden of proof that they have. Seems unlikely yeah, I mean, isn't, um, like... With beyond it's, a shadow of a doubt. It's not impossible, yes. Well, Ian wasn't no, convicted no. for being a scammer. It's just that under these, in the sentencing thing, people could just say anything they want. You know, Ian was, Ian was giving an example last night of, uh, you know, cops will say that, you know, they caught somebody with a bag of weed or whatever. But, you know, in my experience, people like this are selling this amount of weed every week. Hmm. And he's probably been doing it for three years. So, you, you know, this person's up. guilty of bales and bales of this devil's lettuce. Yep. Well, is that now, all what, you had, Tom? Uh, no, there's also uh, the issue that uh, they uh, they uh, didn't even uh, prove, by the way, that the, the, the scam took place. But the, uh, the, uh, what really is going on is, is a problem that would have still been a problem uh, had the scammers not come along. And that is that you've got people who are starving. They're so starving that they'll take poison bait or they'll have no bait at all. Uh, you know, how about, and, and, you know, some of these ladies, they knew, they probably knew that they were being scammed, but like the little boy in Neil Diamond's song, uh, who, who didn't have any friends, so uh, he indulged in fantasizing that he had a friend named Shiloh, uh, that, that uh, you know, they're going along with it because they can indulge uh, Patrick Henry even uh, discussed this in his live free or his liberty or death speech. How, you know, people, you're uh, indulging in the fantasy that we can have peace when the British are clearly, look at all the, the points that the British are clearly intent on going to war with us. I mean, there is no hope for peace. So get that out of your minds. He, uh, he may have uh, made change, uh, change history the way he did that. Look, yeah. Uh, but they chose to do that. They, um, some of them, I don't know, maybe uh, rejected a few guys who couldn't afford her uh, along the way, and then went for this guy because he supposedly had money and he didn't. And uh, so, and then giving all their money to somebody that they didn't even meet yet, uh, it's they're indulging in the fantasy like people who give all their money to the state lottery, thinking they're going to hit Powerball, and then they lose everything. Well, thank you so much for the thoughts, Tom, and thank you for attending Ian's trial. I mean, a sentencing hearing, but also his trial. Um, it's really interesting. I don't really know what can be done about, um, you know, certain information and theories now, like probably nothing, but it's just 
a really good point that I had never thought of. Just because these obviously are not obviously, but very um, much do seem to have been scams doesn't mean it was ever proven in court. I um, thought the last point that he made regarding the lottery uh, analogy, um, most people that play the lottery, they're not getting lied to. Like if they tell you it's one in 50 million of winning, it's probably one in 50 million. It's just that humans don't know what that means. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, like, it's a remote chance and that's all they know, right? There's there's no difference in their mind between one in a million and one in 50 million. Um, and so... You know, people who are playing are indulging in a fantasy, hmm. and I think that that's a fair um, analogy. You know, no, the government's never going after itself for selling people the dream of winning the lottery. People do win the lottery, and people fall in love online and find, um, you know, people online. And it there are young, the handsome, able-bodied men who are into, like, extremely old women. I suppose there's a few, yes. Um, okay, so going on to the phones, unscreened caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Hi, uh, me? Yes, you. Oh, hi, it's Timmy. Thanks for having me. Okay, what's on your mind, Timmy? Hey, yeah, um, so um, I'm happy to, thanks for having me in here. Um, Mark, this is uh, Mark Stevens, right, is, uh, is here. That's, that's great stuff. Um, yeah. Not Mark Stevens. Forgive me because... It's actually oh, Mark, Mark Edge. Edge. Yeah, I've been uh, Mark Edge for a lot longer. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. Sorry about that. No um, okay. Then, um, shit. Does that, well, oh, okay. Oh, well, I, got, I, I, I had my hand on the dump anyway, because I figured, I, I don't know why he seemed like he was going to uh, cuss. I'm not sure if that was on purpose, but you might have to call back tomorrow if you had something you had to say. And plus, it's not Mark Stevens you're talking to. So I, kind of I think, think that, that really threw him off because yeah, I think his yeah. talking topic. point was probably Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens um, yeah. doesn't do yeah. a, anything on anymore. And he also anymore. has sort of a, like a Boston or New York accent, some, yeah. a, a Northeastern accent. I think he's like Long Island from Long Island or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. he's from Long Island. I think you're absolutely right. But I if you only read his books, then you wouldn't know. Right. But I, <laughs> which I have read his books. I read one. Well, I haven't finished it. Anyways, going on. We have. Dr. Butt in New Mexico. Dr. Butt, what's on your mind? Timmy. 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 <laughs> I Timmy. know. I thought that was so funny. The same was Timmy. Yeah. It didn't match him for some reason. I'm glad to hear from you, David. Hey, Mark. How's it going? All's and, well. What's on your mind? Ladies. Um, now, oh, now you got me all distracted. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Now I remembered. Um, so the, uh, the, I think that the focus should be on, I mean, we have a president because it's in the founding documents. Oh, and, and by the way, the standard is reasonable doubt, not shadow of That's doubt. That's the word, word I couldn't think of. I knew it was wrong when I was saying it, but, uh, but isn't, reasonable What's the one doubt. that, um, uh, what is the, the doubt one for uh, civil cases? Preponderance of the evidence? That Preponderance one? of the evidence, well, that's it. There, there are, well, there are two. There, there's more than one. The, the lower level is preponderance of the evidence, and someday I'll tell you a story about uh, how the preponderance of the evidence was used against me and how it's a, basically a bull... bull Oops, yeah, bull ass uh, <laughs> standard, um, and the the higher level is clear and convincing evidence. Oh, so, so reasonable doubt isn't that high? No, no, uh, reasonable doubt is higher than clear and convincing. Oh, the okay. lowest would right. be preponderance. The middle would be uh, clear and convincing. The highest, because it's criminal, would be um, beyond a reasonable doubt. 
All and right. like, I don't think the juries understand this. Absolutely not. I mean, and who like dictates what each of the definitions of those words mean? Right. You and know, th- that's they don't the really thing. get it explained to them. They're not uh, professionals of law at all. None I of mean, them I have no right. clue what that means. That all that those are like synonyms to if, me. You know, like that all means the same thing. What if a jury doesn't um, only goes with a preponderance of the evidence in a criminal case and they don't go to a reasonable doubt. It seems like what happened in Ian's case. They just um, listened to the prosecution saying, what if this? What if that? And then they were like, yeah, what if this? And they said guilty on everything. That's where the judge is supposed to do his job or her job and step in and say, uh, 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 verdict not with, or I'm sorry, a judgment or whatever, notwithstanding the verdict, the judge can overrule the jury when the jury clearly is out of line. Which That's is what, what should like have happened. Happen. Yep. That's what should have happened. That's what should have happened in Ian's case. And I, and I, I stated that on your program a couple times. There well, are two, it could there still are happen two. because he could still just um, sentence him a really low thing, Lightly. time served. I, he has been. Being punished for over two years now. <laughs> right. Well, the time yeah. served would only be like 40 days. He doesn't get credit. I for, know. But, I, it's messed up. But the judge could see that. But the judge could see it. He could do whatever he wants. So, yep. Right. There's, there's a thing called a directed verdict. And there's a thing that, a thing called something to the effect of a, a judgment notwithstanding the verdict. Those are things you, you can search and read about um, and how they're, how they're applied. And yes, that's the other way that a judge can apply discretion is by... Okay, guilty, uh, but I'm sentencing you to, like you said, time served or probation or whatever. Um, But what I called about is what should be focused on, I believe, is the highest law in the land, which is apparently what your president and your your Supreme Court, et cetera, and your legislature and everybody else in the government, they all are uh, citing and standing on their legitimacy based on the highest law in the land, meaning the founding documents and some other documents, but in, and what what never gets talked about is in those same documents that establish the presidency and the legislature and the judiciary, they also establish uh, the people as the uh, highest law in the land, higher than all of those other uh, groups uh, combined to the point where the, the, the people can simply speak into existence the dissolution of the government. And, and that that is what needs to happen, kind of like what happened in New Mexico with the the uh, little chupacabra, mini Mao, tiny tyrant, um, uh, yapping chihuahua here, uh, Michelle Lujan Gruesome. Um, she tried to be um, king, queen, whatever. And the people, you know, because what happened is uh, peop- she, she said, uh, I order you can't carry your guns. So what happened? The very next day, uh, half of Albuquerque uh, made sure <laughs> to uh, carry their guns open carry and, 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 and uh, you know, in plain sight everywhere. And the nice. cops... Uh, the cops all said, "We're you know we're not enforcing it. We're not enforcing it. We're not." Oh, in fact, Good. the 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 DA uh, Raúl Torres um, that I defeated four times over a period of three years. At wrestling, um, I got him. To, pardon? Yeah, at wrestling in court, and he's now the attorney general of the state of New Mexico, uh, who stated that he, w- he his job is actually to defend Michelle Lujan Grisham when she gets sued, and he he put it in writing that he's not defending her because she's clearly in violation of the U.S. Constitution. Um, uh, that's but that, that's what, but what the bottom line is the people you, you have to own the, the, the government has convinced you that you don't exist. The, the government has exist you that what is written in the highest law of the land 
um, that, that, it, that it doesn't, it's not even there. And what's in the highest law in the land is the people can speak into existence just like they did regarding gun carrying. They just simply ignored it. In fact, they doubled down on their gun carrying and, and nobody stopped them. And as far as taking your country back and eliminating things like Ian's trial and all of that, if you simply own the fact that in the highest law in the land of, of land, the people can, if said in sufficient numbers, just by saying it, uh, government, you're dissolved. We're not obeying anything that you say anymore. Goodbye. We'll form a new one. You can do that. And, and, and if you simply own it, like the people of Albuquerque and New Mexico are regarding the, the, the highest power in the state of New Mexico, uh, seemingly the, go- the governor, the executive, they simply spoke into existence. Uh, sorry, uh, see you later. We're not doing what you told us to do. And if you do that nationwide, you can solve your problem a lot faster than any other way. I think that's a really good call. I mean, a really good thought and everything, David. Um, I don't think that the... It's like we talk kind of bad about the Constitution, maybe not Mark, but me and Ian at least on the show a lot and like Captain because the Constitution isn't to me like a perfect document or anything. But when these people are getting their power from the Constitution and that's what they outright say and they're... They just say that uh, they want um, like, well, yeah, the Constitution's great because it gives me power, but Hmm. it's limited, when I want it to be limited where I want it to be limited, right? Yeah. Well, you know, this place where it says shall not be infringed, they don't actually mean that. What they mean right. is is you can absolutely infringe it any way you want. Um, you know, like they, they, they interpret the Constitution to mean exactly the opposite of what it says um, in, you know, the, the Bill of Rights. The portion of the Constitution that the people would not, uh, you know, uh, authorize the Constitution without. So the Bill of Rights is the part the government is terrible about. But they're excellent about the uh, powers, you know, all the different powers. Well, I just think that whenever people can, if they stand up and say, well, this is unconstitutional and that's the only reason that you're allowed to have any power, so we're not going to listen. But the main thing that's good about what David said was that people aren't listening. And if the Constitution is going to think the, the thing that makes point to it. listen either. And I don't know if that's. They didn't have a constitution, right? They, they got a constitution, sure. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, look, all I'm saying is, is sometimes you get lucky and disobedience works. Other times you get really unlucky and they come back after you and they hand you your head. No, they mm-hmm. they did really good things, uh, the truckers. Like, just because the individual truckers, some of them got targeted, doesn't mean that they didn't help their country a lot. Like, lots of stuff started getting rolled back immediately. The best thing they should do to help themselves is leave. Well... I'm not saying that that's not true of those individual people, but they accomplished a lot of what they wanted to do by disobedience. Excellent. I also don't think it's always so easy for people to just sure. leave the country. A lot <laughs> you know of times, I mean? you know, like one of the things I think that people don't think of is, um, you know, like, first off, you got to money isn't freedom and freedom's not money, but there's some analogs to but, each other. Yeah, It helps, though. And, you know, for instance... I'm thinking about Morazan City here, which is a place um, that I was at recently, took some pictures again, and uh, we celebrated Children's Day and all that stuff. And Morazan's freer than New Hampshire's going to be in your lifetime, buddy. It's just um, one mile wide and nobody wants to live there. not even that. Okay, less than one mile wide, gated yeah, city right outside of the most dangerous city in the world I'd for women. I'd say 100 acres is about, I think it's 160 acres or something like that. So I could be miserable but be free. Like, I've never said I want to be miserable and free. Also, oh, no, I don't I think mean, you have, but it's well, the freest place. Freedom means different things for everybody. 
Agreed. So, and I would say this 100%. Now, I'm using the libertarian definition of freedom. Okay. But if you're a scuba diver and a libertarian, mm-hmm. you're not going to be happy being stuck in some libertarian city that doesn't have uh, you know, any place that you can scuba dive. Yeah. You've got to be happy. And I think that that is a place where New Hampshire really thrives. This is a big, giant state with all kinds of opportunities and things like that. But it's never going to be as free as Morazon. And um, when it comes to... You know, the the thinking about the Morazon's rent is one hundred and twenty dollars a month. You can live without a job for a long time if you've saved up, you know, X in the U.S. and down on Morazon. So and I'm not advocating people move to Morazon. I think they would be very disappointed if they did. It's just that, like, freedom as a thing isn't always the most important thing. I guess is happiness is more important than freedom. This is what the point I'm trying to make. Well, either way, um, what David was saying about the Constitution, or not the Constitution, but what they what happened in Albuquerque was pretty interesting. And we have Sarah from New Mexico, from Albuquerque. So I'm kind of wondering what her thoughts and feelings are on this, but she also has her own topic. But Sarah, what do you think about the people who came out and open carried their guns, even though they weren't supposedly allowed to in Albuquerque? Well, I guess, they, I guess they're not going to enforce the law, but, you know... I'm glad she's getting that national attention. It's the first step forward to gun control. I mean, she's it seems like she's getting negative, negative right? national attention, though. It seems like a lot of people are disagreeing with her like Very dictatorship. Angry. Yeah, yeah. But the the whole thing is that she's the first governor to try something like this. Uh, that instead of just going on and on and on with this shooting children in the head because road rage and well it did i thought um, you were talking about ukraine no i'm talking about in albuquerque they had a road rage and they wind up they they shot 17 rounds in the back of a car and one of the 11 year old but boy got killed from a um baseball uh, coming out of a isotope game so you know instead of just putting up with this but on and on so they shot at the car, but the thing that killed him wasn't the shots, it was a baseball? No, I think she said he was coming from a baseball game. Oh, okay, they were sorry. leaving a baseball game. I- anyway, Sarah, like, excuse my pun, but it did seem to blow up in her face, though. It doesn't seem like it's something where other governors are going to want to do the same thing now that they've seen she did it because it blew up in their face. The cops wouldn't enforce it. The people didn't listen. So... And and don't get me wrong, like, it's very terrible that this little boy died. You know, yeah. any victim of gun violence, you know, like, that is an awful, terrible thing. But for me personally, like, that's why I carry. Because I don't want to be a victim. And, you know, when I have children one day, like, I will continue to use whatever means I have to protect them also. Um, and I think that's kind of where a lot of the people in Albuquerque that made the decision to open carry that day, not only because they are like, no, this is my right. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it anyways. Um, but if I knew that there were shootings, I would want to have a firearm. You know, like I would want to be able to protect myself in that way. If the bad guys have a gun, I want a gun. Yeah. You know, the, but the thing, you know, the thing is that things have changed from the way that the state statue was written a hundred years ago. When this used to be a wild, wild west goat gun-toting sta- state, now you have different rules that uh, um, that regulate all this. So, well, there's I mean, still, there's still should, the Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what I would say is, is that if the if this is widely accepted in New Mexico, can't you change the Constitution of New Mexico? 
because that but would be the highest long, long we line have, there. We have been changing it because we have all these laws. If you're mentally ill, um, you're not supposed to carry. Or if they talk about suicide or they, they take the guns away from you. I think if you have domestic violence, that all of these are new addition to the constitutional right to own a car, gun. So I mean? Well, I, I'd ask, I, I haven't read um, New Mexico's constitution, but what I see is is the a lower standard of um, a majority plus one. You know, a majority of uh, legislators saying this is the new rule. It's and they may use the constitution as a uh, cover for it, but they're not actually changing the constitution. Like for instance, in New Hampshire, felons aren't allowed to wear to carry guns, and the state will come after you if you do. And this is pretty common all all across the United States. But New Hampshire says that every man has the right to keep and bear arms, and you would think that every man meant every man. But apparently it doesn't. Right. It's an addendum. It's not an addendum. It's just a law. I I don't know. The the, the way that it's clearly, like, just the way it's written and all the things that regulate it add to it that actually implements a law is different. But I like the attention. At least she's the first one out of New Mexico that are trying to do something different. You know, instead of break a pattern that we had forever. What's the pattern? the pattern she's willing to use health orders to stop the guns. Uh, nobody carry a gun for a month, and She's it's getting to. national attention. Well, it's not you know, working. Like, yeah, that's what I said to her, but she doesn't really listen to that. She just well, likes I the attention. You, you do need to try new things, and uh, when politicians try new things that are clearly counter to the Constitution, we need to hold them accountable. And the good people of Albuquerque and New Mexico did do that, in fact. Even if, I can't believe this all really started because of road rage. That really um, makes Sarah's previous calls kind of happen. there's some terrible incidents in the world where people get shot, but that doesn't mean we should get rid of guns. I mean, there's terrible car accidents, so it doesn't mean we should get rid of cars. Right. Well, thank you for the call, Sarah. I'm just saying that this um, is going to bring more fuel to Sarah's fire because she hates driving and she hates drivers. No, and that's the thing, and she always, like... Because living here, I mean, like, yeah, we have, like, bad road rage, especially, like, in Boston or whatever, but it's not, like, the things she describes, I'm like, that can't be real. real. Like, that can't really be happening, what she's saying. And I've been um, saying it, too. That but the people I don't know. are the worst drivers. <laughs> so it, it seems like there's something to to her, her weekly calls. Yeah, well, um... I forgot to ask Sarah what was actually on her mind, and I just asked her to call, talk about the gun control thing. I actually wasn't sure if she was going to be anti-guns altogether, but it sounds like she is. It does sound like she is. I'm not surprised by that either. She said this will be the first step towards more gun control. And um, I don't really see how that is true because it did blow up in this uh, woman's face. Uh, the cops didn't you know, actually do what she wanted them to do. What do you think? I think that all night we've had multiple stories about how the government can be used to do things to take away your rights more and more. And the government are just people. They're just gang members, parasites, thugs, and thieves. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. 
Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupine Real Estate.com